Come on, shop. Well, it's time to record now. Yeah, Wonder Rob, I just can't wait to record now. We met on stage because we like to perform now. We're turtle bros and bashing all of our foes now. It's time to celebrate our energy. With new shows for you, the blast every other week. Come on, shop. It's time to let our geeks speak. I hear you, Rob. My geeks speak has crazy tech. We both love Marvel. He loves DC. We're both big nerds since 83. Welcome back, my fellow geeks, to Geek So To Speak podcast. Did you hear my voice crack? This is the first time Shop is letting me introduce the podcast, and I got nervous. <laughs> my voice cracked. Let's try again. Welcome back, fellow geeks, to Geek So To Speak podcast, your source for everything geek once a week. I just made that up. What do you Ooh, think? Shop, I like it. I like, I like it. I like it. Anyway, you've reached Geek, so to speak. How many times can I say that in this intro? Four. That's how many times. <laughs> Where Schaff? Say hi, Schaff, all the way in Arizona. Hey, what's going on, everybody? How are my fellow geeks doing up in the geek world? Yeah, they all said they're great. And I'm Wonder Rob, of course, in sunny, sunny Southern California. We are your source for all your geek news, content, reviews, and, of course... All are stunning witticisms on everything geek. And we are back, my friends, for part two of the Geeky Awards special episode. That's right. (laughs) Now, for those of you who are just joining us, why? Go back and listen to the Geeky Awards part one. What we are doing is we are going through the year 2018. It just passed, as you might know. I miss it already. Yeah, yeah. It feels like... It feels like it was just 30 days ago (laughs) at time of recording. (laughs) Anyway, we're going through the past year in all things geek, movies, TV, news, video games. We're running it down and we're coming up with the best and the worst of 2018. And who is going to be walking away with the prestigious Geeky Awards? You'll find out at the end of this episode. Yes. My man. What's up? Are you ready to talk about Dude, you know the second half? I'm so ready. I've got my glass of, uh, well, currently on the rocks, a uh, Crown Royal whiskey. This is a, a good old Canadian blended whiskey. I'm, I'm really uh, enjoying it right now. It's a great sippable whiskey. Uh, it's nothing fancy, no frou-frous. Uh, I do love myself a single malt scotch, but for right now to celebrate this, this second part of a year in review, I can think of no better way than to be slurring my nerd right now so and me i am enjoying a 2019 diet coke (laughs) that's a a good vintage great uh chilled from the aluminum see the aluminum can was in the fridge hold on give it a little taste for everybody (laughs) what is this that's good Uh, is that is that ASMR or AMSR? Oh, what is yeah. that? ASMR <laughs> or SMR. Let's do it again. Hey, everybody. <laughs> it's Wonder Rob. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> if we had listeners, we don't anymore. <laughs> oh, we have listeners. How dare you shop? They are listeners. Like, are, are we seriously listening to this? Can we get to that geek news? <laughs> <laughs> it's your oh, fault. Man. You distracted me. I can't help it. I can't help it. Oh, uh, by right. the way, uh, our listeners missed out on a really good show a moment ago. Um, Wonder Rob got up to. Uh, to fill up uh, and get, get himself actually that vintage Diet Coke. And uh, I happened to see just uh, how much of his butt was uh, visible. And it was quite a lot. Ooh, yeah, I put on a little show <laughs> and that's all I can say. Maybe one of these days when we start a video podcast on YouTube, maybe you guys will see the bottom of my butt cheeks, but probably not. Hashtag podcast raw. That's right, that's right. Oh, real quick, before we dive into the next episode, which is currently being recorded now, I thought maybe it'd be a fun idea to give a shout out to the people Ooh. who are nice enough to leave us reviews on iTunes. Absolutely. That's right. right. If you leave us a review, regardless of how many stars it is or the content, we will go ahead and shout you out. Yes. So I'm going to go ahead and start with Great Geek by Disbeer underscore N underscore Distress. And I quote, these guys are awesome. I love their intro, and they give good, honest reviews about games and everything geek. You can tell the duo has good vibes and get along really well. It was a lot of fun to listen to them. Woo! Thank you, Disbeer. Thank you so much. Also, uh, Muzak Fiend said, oh, hell yes. Where's this podcast been? Well, it's now in my rotation of podcasts that I listen to. Doesn't matter if you're a fan of Nintendo or Star Wars. These guys present all things geek in a way that's good for everyone. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, Muzak Fiend. Yeah, and last but certainly not least, Two Smokes Podcast. Shout out to Two Smokes Podcast. We love you, Two Smokes. Yeah, I love you like you were Three Smokes. (laughs) Great fun. Five stars. It's obvious these guys are enjoying themselves and really are a blast to listen to. I may not be the largest geek culture person, but I laughed my ample butt off. Ooh, ample too. Junk in that trunk. We like that. All right. Yeah, thank so you don't so forget. Yes, thank you, thank you. Don't forget, if you leave us a review on iTunes, we will shout you out. And if you're lucky, maybe I'll read it in my sexy voice next time. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right, so let's kick off this uh, third quarter of 2018. Obviously, uh, episode uh, that previously to this one was our part one, which featured the first and second quarters of 2018. So now we're going to kick off the third and fourth, and then we'll give our awards, and it's going to be epic. You're going to love it. So stick around for the entire episode. Do not miss a single second of all of this. So let's kick it off. We're talking about July. We're talking about August and September of 2018. Let's kick it off with some movies, Wonder Rob. What you got for the movies that kicked off during that time? Well, the big one, uh, let's go with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, yes. Follow up to the critically acclaimed Ant-Man solo film. This time, he brought a chick. He sure did. He sure did. Hope Van Dyne donned the wings. She was the winged wonder, the Wasp. Yeah, I really liked Ant-Man and the Wasp. I thought it was it was a good like dessert to the the dinner that was Infinity War. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It certainly wasn't on equal footing, but it was a no. nice like 
second course or like a little, yeah, as you said, a little dessert, a little delicacy to enjoy, something to help digest what had transpired because we needed a palate cleanser after being and going through Infinity War and, and Wonder Rob and myself combined probably saw Infinity War at least 10 or 11 times. And, uh, <laughs> and so we needed something that was going to be lighthearted, fun, uh, MCU adjacent in the sense that it wasn't really, they weren't affected by stuff happening during the Thanos storyline until of course the end spoiler alert. Um, but uh, I really, I, I enjoyed it. It definitely, I felt the villain was a little bit lacking personally. Um, I didn't like ghost yeah. as a villain at all, but I do like the interactions. I, I love Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. I love the wasp. I love them interacting with each other. And I do, I enjoy uh, Michael Douglas actually as uh, as Hank Pym. Yes. You know, uh, I don't even really know if the if this movie even had a villain. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the term villain is being very loosely applied to Ghost <laughs> in this movie. Because in the end, they're just like, now we'll help her. We're going to get her all the microverse energy. So <laughs> weird. Yeah. It was, is, it was, yeah, it wasn't really a bad guy, at least in my humble. Yeah, she was misunderstood, which I think most villains are. But I felt like because the movie lacked a, a true villain, and I personally think superhero movies are defined by how good the villain is, mm-hmm. because that forces the heroes to step up their game and, and sort of be in equal footing. So in my personal opinion, it's not the strongest of the MCU movies by any means, but enjoyable nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I don't even know that I really liked it much better than ant-man but that doesn't mean it's bad because as long as it's not thor the dark thor uh, <laughs> that's a joke i stole from the weekly planet can't can't take credit for that joke um but we can talk but, in an aussie accent if you like oh oh didgeridoo um i even forgot talking trying to do my australian accent made me forget my point but ant-man <laughs> and the wasp it was a good, it was a good uh, little dessert for Marvel's movies, or at least the MCU main movies, that is. Um, but that wasn't the only big superhero movie that came out this month. If you want to use the word "big" as an accurate <laughs> description of a movie, there was also Teen Titans go to the movies, which I did not see and wasn't interested in. And there was a point where Schaff was not interested in it either, but then he got talked into it. He got suckered into it. Yeah, I got Vibberted. Geek, so to speak. <laughs> geek, so to speak, contributor, Darth Vibbert. So tell us about <laughs> Teen Titans Go to the Movies in retrospect. Uh, you know what? I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I did not expect to enjoy it. When I walked in, I was in a movie theater that was completely empty with the exception of my seat and then three seats that were... 12 rows in front of me and it was all people my age. So we're talking mid thirties. Uh, and I kind of expected it to be populated with a bunch of kids. I actually thought I was going to have to be like careful about where I sat. So no one thought I was a freaking pedophile, but uh, <laughs> I didn't have to worry about that because there was nobody in the theater, but the movie itself had so many jokes that were completely catering to uh, an adult audience. In many ways, it reminded me of SpongeBob, where it's an enjoyable show to watch, but if you're an adult, you pick up on other things that the kids won't get. So there's certainly something for various age groups, and that was fun. 
Um, prior to Teen Titans, and I'm, I'm sorry, prior to seeing Teen Titans go to the movies, I did not watch the cartoon show. Um, so I knew of the characters, but I didn't know, uh, I didn't, like, I wasn't familiar with the art style of the, of the movie um, or, or really sort of like the, the backstories of these characters. Obviously, Robin, Cyborg, those are fairly well known, but I didn't know too much about Starfire. I didn't know that much about uh, Raven or, uh, or Beast Boy. But I thought the movie did a great job for people who are maybe not so in the know to get to know. And my favorite part of the movie, and Wonder Rob, you, if you get a chance, you don't necessarily need to see the whole movie to enjoy this, but there's a song that Michael Bolton actually sings during, during the movie, and it's called An Upbeat Inspirational Song About Life. And it's just, it's like a, it's very meta because it's like a song that's aware that it's an inspirational song. And it's very clearly like a psychedelic trip that's happening like at the same time. It's hilarious. I was laughing my face off while this whole thing was going down. So, and I know that that clip is available on YouTube. Uh, We'll throw it down in the comments for anybody, uh, or I'm sorry, in the episode description for anybody who wants to check it out, but doesn't want to see the entire movie. Uh, But I was, I actually really enjoyed it. And it's actually one that I wouldn't mind having in my personal collection of movies because it was, it was fun. All right, fair enough. You tell me when it's in your personal collection. That's when I'll believe you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll throw it up on the old Instagram page. (laughs) Oh, man. See, I don't know if you being the only adult, or at least the fear of you being the only adult in there, is is something that gets should be justified. I feel like Teen Titans, like, isn't necessarily geared at children. Like, I feel I feel like it's a, a cartoon geared towards people of our age, or just like adults in general. I think so? Am I wrong? Now I haven't watched it, so I could be totally, totally off base. But I feel like putting this into the movies like feels more like they're they're reaching for that adult audience, but. Maybe I'm wrong, but maybe I'm right because there were no children at this movie. I will say this though, having seen Teen Titans, it doesn't give me any any feelings of missing out or FOMO over Titans on the DC Universe channel. I have no fucking interest. So you're not going to you're not going to go diving into that. No, not not yet. Unless they put other stuff on there because I would watch it for like the Batman animated series or even Superman animated series from back in the 90s like those are worth it if you can have the entire seasons on there. That would be fun. But I have no interest in watching Titans right now. And Doom Patrol is about to come out in a couple of weeks. And I'm just like, whatever. Whatever. See, Doom Patrol interests me a little bit. Even though I don't really have any sort of connection to these characters. Like, I think it's really interesting how Cyborg, even though they're doing a practical suit, and it's very cheesy looking. It is. It still looks better <laughs> than Cyborg in the Justice League movie. <laughs> and like that really like intrigues me. And Brendan Fraser as Mr. Robot Man. Uh, that's, that's his official character's name, by the way. Yeah, Robot um, Man, that's right. Mr. Robot Man, don't forget the Mr. Uh, Robot Man, <laughs> that's my son. <laughs> reverse, reverse engineered that joke and it did not work. Anyway. <laughs> well, you don't know how the audience took it. <laughs> Could be yeah, that's true. Um... <laughs> Also, FYI, I'm sniffling a lot. I'm getting over a cold, everybody. So I apologize if I'm sniffling in your ears while you listen to this. Um, but that show seems kind of interesting. I don't know if it's worth it for the subscription. But, you know, maybe. Maybe. If I, if I go to the dark side and subscribe to the DC <laughs> Ultimate, whatever, whatever it's called, 
you guys will be the first to know. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to charge it to the good, good old uh, Geek So To Speak LLC. Ooh, <laughs> I like this. This is great. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so, all right. So those are the big geek culture related movies that came out during third quarter. Uh, but that's not all in terms of geek content that happened during that time. We had a lot of other things, especially TV shows. Uh, some new yeah. TV shows debuted during that time, uh, one of which was a cartoon and something that near and dear to our hearts, at least the subject and source material. And I'm mm. talking about Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's right. Yet another iteration of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the modern day crowd. Hiya! Kia! Kia! This is sort of a departure from the previous iteration of the Ninja Turtles, or at least the animated series, not, not counting the Michael Bay movies. Oh, God. Um, although we are getting a reboot of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. We haven't done a Geek News section in a while but there is another teenage mutant ninja turtles movie coming it's That's not true. it's not clear if it's going to be a part three or if it's going to be a reboot but oh, it i is think gonna it's going to be a reboot i think i i think i did read that my hope though is just please give us some fucking practical suits oh we man not need love CGI it suits i would love it if they went back to practical suits just like please yeah like not everything needs to be cgi or practical suits but with a little bit of let's say like just touch-ups on the face sort of like how deadpool has a practical suit but they just touch up his eyes a little bit you know yeah for more expression like that would be cool like i i would be okay with that um but i don't want to get too far off the subject but Michael <laughs> Bay, if you're listening and i know you are i know you've listened practical suits please um but back to what i was saying the rise of the teenage mutant ninja turtles uh is a, is a pretty big departure from the previous ninja turtle series which was computer animated and really stuck to the it stuck closely to the original look of the Ninja Turtles, but this one, the animation style is very, I don't want to say simple, but it's very uh, simplified yeah, <laughs> compared yeah. to the previous version. Um, and that threw a lot of people off. Like a lot of people weren't really willing to give it a chance based on just the animation itself. I know it took... I think it might have took a, a little poking to get Shafta to, to even want to review it, if I remember correctly. <laughs> well, I just found it, I found the look pretty blasphemous because I am a little bit of a, of a purist when it comes to the TMNT. I, I personally really enjoyed the 2012 series. I like that, the energy and the humor they had with that. Mm -hmm. um, not when they kind of, uh, they had like a break during their seasons and they came back and suddenly they were in space and the earth exploded. And it was, at yeah. that point it was a little bit crazy, but um, early on in the series, I really enjoyed that show. And then, of course, this Rise show, they sort of change it a lot. It, one thing I liked about the 2012 show was how they incorporated the, the mutants. Like, clearly the, it was related to the, uh, the ooze and how it had infected people in the city and caused them to sort of gain these additional tributes and powers and stuff. But for Rise of the TMNT, it's a little bit different. It's more based on... Uh, a sort of metaphysical, like um, almost a mystical energy uh, that mm -hmm. sort of imbues their their weapons. So their weapons are actually like supercharged, which is kind of a, a unique take. And the um, the mutants themselves are sort of uh, infected by these weird mosquitoes that come from another dimension uh, mm -hmm. that exists sort of below uh, New York and. and 
I, although we had only seen the first maybe three or four episodes, because at the time they were just sort of in preview mode when we had originally reviewed it, uh, it, it the the villains were all unique and and new. We weren't seeing any repeat or recurring villains. There was no Shredder this time around, no Bebop, no Rocksteady. So it was a lot of new characters to kind of take in. And some of them were fun. Some of them were interesting, especially the one uh, played by that one dude uh, from Pitch Perfect, uh, the guy who does like the announcer. Uh, mm. I can't think of his name, but he was a lot of fun. Um, he played like a worm dude uh, who was pretty interesting. But anyways. King Worm! That's King the name Worm. I'm going with. <laughs> that might have been his. I think he had some like super, like very normal name, like Jack Tyler or something like crazy. Jack Tyler the Worm! <laughs> but like anyways, he's a radio so- DJ. Like he's a stocking. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Tyler the Worm! <laughs> but I don't know. that I, I certainly didn't watch any more of that show. After we reviewed it, I was like, I'm content. I don't need any more. Of this. Yeah, I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it was even a thing. To, to be perfectly honest, but I didn't dislike it terribly. It's just, it didn't strike me to a point where I was like, man, I should keep watching this. I did like that. They were little bite-sized episodes. That's true. Like, I, I think that's good um, for people who have attention deficit disorder like me. Um, yeah. Like 12 minute episodes, two adventures within a 30 minute episode. Like that's a pretty nice thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And the, the animation style didn't bug me exactly. But it definitely was was weird. I liked the voice acting a lot. Um, I remember when we posted about it on the Geek So To Speak Facebook page. Shout out to the Geek So To Speak Facebook page. Go ahead and give it a follow. That there were a lot of comments of people hating on the new look. And one in particular was like, Donatello looks like a girl. Will not watch. And then, I believe you and I got into an argument with him. He's like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> what yeah. girls are you looking at? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I, and I wasn't a fan of, of, of April's portrayal. And I don't mean that in the sense that because she was portrayed this time around by an African-American girl. Um, but just, it was an April that was just purposefully completely different. Like, she was only April in name there was nothing else about her character that was remotely April O'Neil. And I was just like, okay, uh, then why call her April? Why not just have her be a unique new character in the, in the series? She doesn't have to be April. Like I understand the need for being uh, colorblind casting and things like that, but not to where you totally forsake the character and their history and their backstory and everything that already came before. Like you wouldn't rename a turtle, uh, as not Raphael or something like you wouldn't give the four turtles like a different name. So they, Leonardo, Mike, I was at Mike, Atello, <laughs> Michelangelo, Donatello and Kevin. Yeah. Right. Like you wouldn't do that. So like, there's some things that are sacred. I think April O'Neil is sacred. I, I, and I think if you're going to make her, then you kind of have to be within a defined sense of things personally. But that's, that's just me on my soapbox. I'm getting off my soapbox now. That's fair. That's a fair, that's a fair opinion. I will allow it. <laughs> I will allow it. Let's talk about something that'll be a little more fun for me to listen to. <laughs> Iron Fist 2. <laughs> I mean, Iron Fist Season 2, excuse me. I was getting really excited because I know Shop has a lot of opinions on this. <sighs> Iron Fist Season 2 debuted on Netflix. Um, it came out with a shorter season. So rather than the 13 episodes, which is uh, considered standard for these Netflix Marvel shows, it only had 10 
which I was actually excited about because I thought that would be a new trend going forward because sometimes these Marvel shows can drag a little bit with 13 episodes, but it was just Iron Fist season two and it had critical acclaim. People loved it. It was quickly the highest uh, reviewed and well-rated out of all the Marvel shows. And I believe Shaf agrees that it was a fun time. Uh, he's sad that there's not a season three. And <laughs> they really should just keep the train going. Am I right, Shaw? Wow, you really set that one up, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was being facetious. Yeah, totally. There was no positive reviews for this, this season whatsoever. <laughs> wasn't, there wasn't a critic out there who was saying, please give us more Iron Fist. Uh, in fact, I think the show was canceled three days after it debuted on Netflix. Yeah, it was fast. It was a really <laughs> fast turnaround, uh, which was the beginning of the end. We didn't realize that <laughs> at the time, but it's the beginning of the end with Iron Fist getting canceled. Yeah. I hated, I hated this show. I wanted to like it because the Iron Fist that we got, the Danny Rand that appeared as a guest star in a couple of episodes on Luke Cage season two, was fun. He was a guy who was finally confident in his abilities. He didn't have to remind everybody every five seconds that he was the immortal Iron Fist wearing the fucking name tag, stupid idiot. Um, no, he, he, he was the Iron Fist and he accepted his destiny and he was trying to help Luke Cage. And that's the Iron Fist that we should have gotten in season two. But it was like they completely forgot that he had helped out Luke Cage and was a confident guy. And no, now he was struggling. The season benefited from having a very interesting and complex villain in the form of Davos. I liked Davos as the villain. Having the uh, Steel Serpent be the one who goes up against the Iron Fist was perfect. Uh, and I thought that the guy who portrayed him was awesome. He was the shining light in the abyss of misery that was Iron Fist season two. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, of course, skipped Iron Fist season two because right when I was about to actually sit down and watched it. By that time, Shaf had plowed through the whole thing. He <laughs> got in touch with me immediately and said, do not watch Iron yeah. Fist. I am saving you the trouble. <laughs> we are not going to review this. But I said, you already went through the trouble of watching it. You got to review. And that's when Shaf gave us that brilliant recap rap. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you'll have to look back to our previous episodes when we review Iron Fist Season 2 and, uh, and check out that recap rap because uh, I was pretty brutal. Pretty brutal to, uh, yeah. to that show. I remember show. you shat on it pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, there was no coming back from that, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, that, and that was the beginning of the end for Marvel Netflix, that's for sure. Uh, Iron Fist canceled, then Luke Cage followed by Daredevil. Right yeah. now, the only stragglers, uh, Punisher and Jessica Jones, just because they've got, uh, obviously, Punisher just released their season two, and we'll talk about that in a future episode. Um, and uh, Jessica Jones is currently... Oh, it's finished. Yeah, yeah they've finished finished. Uh, finished filming um, the uh, season three of Jessica Jones, and uh, we'll see that one eventually. I fully predict that both of those two remaining shows will be canceled, uh, and they'll be on to greener pastures eventually on uh, Disney+. Plus. That's true, man. It's true, which is which is too bad because Daredevil season three was the best. I go on record saying that it's better than at, at least half of the Marvel movies that have been out, and it's on par with some of the best MCU movies. And Punisher, I'm still working my way through it as of right now. I can't give you my official opinion yet, but it's something. I'll tell you that. It's something, and it's a shame that we won't get any more, mm -hmm. at least for a while, if at all. But 
Well, <laughs> say la vie. <laughs> That's a word I learned. All right. <laughs> Not even going to tell you where. All right. So <laughs> moving on to video games. Now, this was a good quarter for video games. Uh, there was a lot, a lot of blockbuster games that came out and a lot of sort of hidden gems along the way. First big one that we'll talk about was a little game called Spider-Man on the PlayStation 4, which we did review in a past episode, or excuse me, first impressions. Thwip, 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 thwip. Uh, yes, exactly. Thwip, 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 my friend. Spider-Sense is tingling on my balls. So, <laughs> Spider-Man PS4. Now I have a confession. I am the world's slowest video game player. Not in the sense that I don't play video games. It's just that I like to really take my time with video games. So I still have not beaten the main story of PlayStation 4's Spider-Man, but that's also partially to blame to Red Dead Redemption 2. Which was and also because game. you have, you know, that dumb baby that hasn't met Jake. Oh, my so. stupid baby. <laughs> Get out of my face, baby. Cry harder. <laughs> Why don't you? <laughs> you poop your pants. Don't tell my wife I'm saying this. I love him. <laughs> she can hear me in the other room. I love my son. Oh, my God. Please don't listen to this. <laughs> well, I love my son, obviously. Um, but actually, you know, now that uh, my wife is off on mater- or her maternity leave has finished, so she's back to work now. And so we're sort of splitting the duty when she's working. I'm at home with the baby. And when I'm working, she's at home with the baby. And so <laughs> I had my first full daddy day yesterday, actually. And you know, it was Red Dead Redemption. Day. <laughs> <laughs> and it was You're great. Like, Here, son, this is a horse. This is what happens when you shoot a horse in its face. <laughs> he'd, just, yeah, he'd just be looking at the, he'd be looking at the TV stuck in his pacifier and then he'd fall asleep. He'd be like boring. And I'm like, you have shit taste, baby. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> and you would like you'd like lay some dynamite just to wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> we had we had good times. We had good times. Oh man! Oh, man. But yeah. So, getting anyway. Getting back to Spider-Man PS4. Um, I have a bad habit of stopping a game when a new one comes out. That doesn't mean I don't get back to it. But I still haven't beaten the main campaign. I have gotten a lot further. But I know that's not the case for my boy Shaf. He's beaten the campaign and he's beaten all three of the DLC uh, expansions. So without getting too spoilery, considering I haven't beaten the game, let sure. me know what you think in retrospect of Spider-Man PS4. Oh God, I love this game. I love this game. My, my, my favorite thing about this game is also my least favorite thing about this game, mm-hmm. which is that I love the aspect of getting new suits and, mm-hmm. and just spending time web-slinging around New York City. Mm-hmm. Like, no real mission in mind. I'm not looking for trying to, like, solve this crime or whatever else. I just like maneuvering, traversing the town uh, in my new suit. But what I hate about this game is that sometimes you don't get the suit until everything is done. Until you've literally done every mission. Mm-hmm. And it's like the whole point of getting the suit is so you can use it in the game. But like, if there's uh, no more... An, give me an instance. Um, okay, so um, this isn't a spoiler to say that this suit exists because it's been well known. We've talked about it. Uh, but the Spider-Man uh, Into the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. suit uh, yeah. is the final suit that you get <laughs> after you beat um, and basically clear out all the activities in the districts for the final DLC of the City Never Sleeps uh, DLC content. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's called uh, Silver Lining, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
And so if you beat that, then you get that suit that Peter, uh, Peter B. Parker wears. Mm-hmm. Or rather, Peter Parker, because it's not, he doesn't have a gut. <laughs> so Peter yeah. Parker wears it. <laughs> um, and and it's, it's flashy. I love it. It, it doesn't, it contrasts a little bit with the realism of the of the the city itself, but mm-hmm. it's fun to to uh, to web sling in that suit. The downside is you can't use it then for any other missions, really, because you've already beaten the game. Now you could theoretically go back and play game plus mode, mm-hmm. and that would let you play through with all of your unlockables. So that in that sense, yes, you can go back through and play it with your suit, but. It just when you when you finish that end game content, like I just felt like those suits should be available prior to finishing the final mission because you want to be able to enjoy them for the mission and have them be part of the in game cinematics and mm-hmm. things like that. And that's not something that you get. So that's that's the only part that bugged me. But all in all, without any spoilers, the game is magnificent. It is so fun. The boss battles are interesting, dynamic. Uh, and it, you really do feel like Spider-Man. They did such yeah. a great job of that. So I look forward to, I think there was a recent news article of the potential of Insomniac uh, Games working on the sequel. Uh, mm-hmm. They're already in production, or at least uh, currently in that pre-production stage of, of the sequel to Spider-Man PS4. And I say, bring it on. Um, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but there's a lot of avenues that they can now explore by the end of this uh this story content so i'm so excited for what's going to come next yeah you know something i always think about when they make these spider-man games like you got spider-man uh two on the playstation you know and the various other free roaming spider-man games they all generally take place in new york i think um ultimate spider-man had new york and manhattan uh or a different island but I was thinking, like, if you're going to make a sequel to the Spider-Man game, granted, I could be way off base because I haven't actually beaten the game yet. But, like, sort of like Red Dead Redemption 2 where you keep the old map, but you have a new map also. So, like, keep New York. Let's show me all these islands on the other side, too, and let me start swinging around because, like, I always want to go over there. And then Spider-Man turns around like a little bitch on the on the bridges, and it makes me mad. So, that would be fun. change that. Uh, or alternatively, what if it was different dimensions or or universes? What if they sort of the sequel sort of tapped into the Spider Verse aspect of things, and you would, could travel not necessarily to another city, but to Just another dimension dimension city? That could be That'd, kind of fun too. That would be a really fun version. Like, imagine. I don't know if you're hinting at how the story ends again. No, I'm not. I, I can tell you that <laughs> there is nothing about that. If they yet. did a Spider Verse version, like sort of hopping between like let's say i get to control mcu peter parker and then you know the spider-man game peter parker and then let's say like the sam raimi peter parker and then maybe the into the spider-verse like it is sort of hopping between the established like worlds like that'd be pretty badass that would be pretty badass um one other quick note about spider-man ps4 since we're not currently doing a geek news segment uh, a couple new suits just became available this week uh we kind of expected this we talked a little bit about the potential for it but uh two Fantastic Four suits just yes. debuted as a free download, part of, um, I think it's a update 1.8 or something like that. Uh, and now you can actually play as the uh, 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 the Bagman, what's Bombastic Bagman. Bombastic Bagman. And then as well, the Future Foundation suit from I the- I love the Future yeah. Foundation suit. Yeah, it's a good looking suit. Badass, that's actually the one when they made, um, 
uh, the, when the first Spider-Man game came out, or excuse me, let me rephrase that. The, the reboot Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, when they uh-huh. made that first Spider-Man game for that, which was also sort of a free-roaming game, that was the suit I always chose. <laughs> it was the Future Foundation suit. I love that suit. Love it, love it, love it. it so, yeah, uh, yeah, that's really nice. That that black and white suit is so cool, um, and it's a nice contrast against the other suits. The Bagman is a funny suit, but yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I don't know that I would play it <laughs> a lot. I would, I would like goof around in it for a minute, but I'd probably go back to <laughs> yeah. Foundation suit. I find myself switching between like the stealth, uh, sort of the the big time suit, the the MCU proper uh, suit, and then I'll probably go to that future foundation those are that'll be my third probably one of the really cool update they did um not the most recent one but a couple back uh they fixed the iron spider the the red and gold iron spider suit mm-hmm. so now that when you actually um use the the ability the suit's ability to have those te- the arms come out mm-hmm. they actually match the color of the suit so it's no longer matching the iron spider suit from the mcu infinity war it's actually oh. going to be a, a gold and uh, and red color to it, so it'll match the rest of the suit. It's really oh, cool. cool. Very sleek. Yeah, it looks awesome. Nice. I'll get back to that game one of these days <laughs> after I beat Red Dead. Unless I dive <laughs> into Kingdom Hearts, fucking oh, yeah. three. Another another game that'll just take forever. My gosh. Um, oh man, I can only imagine how long <laughs> that's going to take me to get through. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, moving forward, there was also a little game called Captain Toad Treasure Tracker for the Nintendo Switch. A nice little uh, bite-sized, I don't want to say blockbuster sort of game. Uh, it was a retread or a remaster or a reboot or a port, depending on what you want to call it. But it did come out on the Wii U previously, but it, they put new levels in it. Of course, it's just little bite-sized little puzzles uh, where you have this sort of little square world and you're toad. You can't jump, but you have to get around obstacles, get the coins, and or excuse me, the stars, and get to the end. Um, I bought this game, and I believe you bought it too, Shaw. Sure right? did. Oh, yeah. Did you like Captain Toad? Oh, I love it. You know what? It's one of my favorite games to play on a plane, actually. Oh, that's good. Kind of like sitting waiting for a plane to go or if I'm in the air and I'm just like looking for something kind of fun to do. Captain Toad is a lot of fun. I'm actually, I think I'm, I know I've not fully beaten it. I'm on like chapter three or whatever of it. Uh, Mm. Because the game has a certain amount of redundancy in the boss levels. Mm. Um, But it does have a lot of unique uh, episode content as far as like each level is unique. Um, And the idea of twisting the... um, the landscape that you're on around is, is fun, gives that kind of uh, 3D element to it. And, and it's it's an enjoyable game. I mean, there's it's nice because you're limited in what you can do as the character. There's no real jumping. There's no fighting. It's just um, you either have a weapon available to you at times or you just have to, like, jump on the guy just because they're, they're below you. That's uh, It's more focused on really being a puzzle platformer, and I enjoy that. So, Yeah, exactly. Um, did you play... I don't remember if if you, you told me that you played this or you didn't play this, but Super Mario 3D World. Did you no. get into that one? So I was on the 3DS. Or no, uh, 3D World. Wait, was that? Super Mario 3D Land was the 3D, the 3DS. Excuse me. Super Mario 3D World was also on the Wii U. Um, but that was I like never, I never first. had a Wii U. Never had a Wii U or a 3DS, so I never got a chance to enjoy those games. Okay, okay. Uh, the Captain Toad segments came out as like little special levels in Super Mario 3D World. Um, 
and they were the highlight of the game in my opinion. And so the fact that they just made it made it its own game, like I was I was happy about it. I yeah. saw them beating it also, but I agree. It's like one of these things where like it's just perfect for little like little bursts. Like I would take my switch to like um, a couple months ago when I was uh, in a local production of a musical. That's right, I act, folks, and I sing. Uh, <laughs> listen to the theme song; it's in there. Um, the rehearsals. <laughs> I would, when I was in my downtime, I'd be playing Captain Toad. I freaking loved it. Like, it's good. That, that was fun. Now, here's a game, another game we, um, we both ended up, no, I'm sorry. Technically, you got it. I played the demo, uh-huh. but we both have played it. I'm talking about Octopath Traveler. Yep, 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 uh, this yep. is a really unique game. Uh, touted as, as sort of being a unique RPG style game because it had a, a sort of a patented 2D HD technology. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful game for like yeah, a 2D art, like side scrolling type RPG. Man, it's, it's pretty looking. Yeah. I it love... looks great. It looks great. Like it has a, a very unique look. Like it, it, it has that sort of super Nintendo sort of feel like 16 bit, but it's a lot more than that. Cause it's in 3d. Well, I mean like 2.5 D I suppose. Um, such, such good art direction. Like it, it's very, very pretty. Um, but the downside is, is I also didn't finish playing that because Spider-Man PS4 came out. <laughs> well, and Octopath Traveler, as the name suggests, has eight various characters that you can play as. And they all yeah. have different sort of interconnecting storylines. And you don't really understand the true story until you've sort of played it from all avenues. And so that's a lot of content to get through. So that would be a tough game to just barrel through. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely sunk some hours into it. I sunk a lot of time into it actually, but I just never got around to finishing the main quest or at least with the guy that I had chose because again, Spider-Man PS4 came out. I have like a very bad habit <laughs> of forgetting about the game I'm currently playing, which is why Kingdom Hearts 3, I'm like, I was actually <laughs> talking to Shroff earlier today. I was like, should I go get it or should I just wait? Because I'm enjoying Red Dead Redemption 2 so much, I don't want to stop playing it because I know that's what will happen. So I didn't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Self-control got me uh but octopath traveler i i enjoyed what i played and it's still on my switch i downloaded the digital copy of course and i'll get back to it eventually because i'm gonna have a lot of these daddy days there you go there you go yeah right. making good use of your time right. now, another game that you've got in your in your massive stack <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and this is not a game that i've played so i'm going to concede to your judgment on this one but we happy few yep on uh ps4 xbox one and pc I believe you got it on PS4. Am I correct on that? I did have it on PS4. It is still sitting in my stack of games over here, sealed. <laughs> that hasn't been opened yet. <laughs> I'm going to actually look at it. So um, I've got that one that is still sealed. I've got Assassin's Creed Odyssey still sitting there sealed. Astrobot is sitting there sealed. That's supposed to be really good, actually. It's a PSVR game. Uh, it's one of the highest rated PSVR games. So I'm actually looking forward to getting back into that uh detroit become human is still sitting there and i then i have my other ones (laughs) that i have been playing like hitman and uh oh god last of us so yeah i got plenty of games (laughs) (laughs) i don't have a lack of games right now you got enough to get through that's for sure uh but yeah we happy few um is a action adventure game it's a first person game uh it came out did you say it came out on playstation and xbox i think you did yep i sure did um it's sort of like a role-playing slash survival uh sort of like stealthy sort of game um think sort of like somewhere between 
Bioshock and um, oh man, <laughs> I want to say Discharted, but that's not even a game. <laughs> Un- Uncharted? Can't... No, it's not. Um, oh man, I totally spaced on the game I wanted to compare it to. Um, when it comes to me, which it will in a minute, I'll just go ahead and blurt it out. Um, but it's it's a uh, takes place like within the 1960s. It's like an alternative version of World War II, um, and there's three characters. I don't know if there's three storylines, again, because I haven't gotten into it, but it's like a crumbling dystopia-type survival game. Um, I was super interested in it because of the, the, the art style reminded me a lot of Bioshock, and I was like, I, I'm into this, because Bioshock's one of my favorite games of all time. But when I bought it, I don't remember why I didn't start playing it, but I, I again, got distracted, and it's sitting in my pile. But it's one of these games that I'm very much looking forward to getting into. Uh, as soon as I beat these other games. <laughs> <laughs> Get in line, game. Gosh. Yeah, but that's like, I didn't even like feel bad about buying games and sticking them in the stack because I'm going to have plenty of time to play games. Like yeah. that's, not, that's not in uh, in short supply these days. In fact, you might even be able to hear my baby crying in the back <laughs> in the background right now. <laughs> Shut up, baby. Recording. Gosh, Your job's some. Have some podcast manners for crying. Yes, baby has no manners. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, but we happy for you. I'll give you an update on that one uh, when when I get to it eventually. Yeah. Now uh, here's a game that um, I did not play this particular expansion because I, I had no longer been involved with this MMORPG. But um, I did play uh, Legion. I played. Uh, Warlords of Draenor. Of course, I'm talking about, if you recognize those names, you know what I'm talking about. World of Warcraft. Yep. Uh, the newest expansion came out during this quarter, Battle for Azeroth. Azeroth being the main planet that most of the indigenous life uh, come from. So the the Alliance and the Horde, their main locations exist on Eastern Kingdoms or Kalimdor, and uh, those are both continents on Azeroth. Uh, and so Azeroth... Um, or at least in the, the game of Legion, which was the, the expansion that came out before Azeroth, uh, featured the Horde, which was kind of typically looked at as like the orcs and the goblins. It's sort of like the more tribal um, uh, factions. They were actually teaming up with the Alliance, and the Alliance are humans, elves, dwarves, um, uh, gnomes. I particularly uh, was rolling for my main uh, I'm using the lingo right now. Uh, my my main tune that I was rolling was a, a Death Knight gnome named Plum Tugger. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because she was so short that she could literally like tug on people's nuts. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then my other character was a worgen. A worgen is a, for those that don't know, a worgen is a werewolf. Um, and he was a worgen balanced druid. Uh, and so the balanced druids have this moonkin ability, which turns them into sort of like an owl of sorts. And mm. they literally can control um, uh, the power of the moon and the sun. So you can literally drop a fucking moon on someone, like a full, full ass moon. Um, I love that character. And his name was Whiskey Dick. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but you have to be very careful with Battle.net uh, or Blizzard because Blizzard has no patience for names that are like, you know, totally like inappropriate, right? So you have to get very clever with how you write your name, how you choose to like what letters you're going to use. So Whiskey Dick was was a very unique spelling. Um, and to this day, granted, I haven't played in a long time. I don't have an active subscription anymore. But uh, no one banned me yet. 
So, <laughs> so we're good there. But um, that game featured the Alliance and the Horde working together, and uh, which was kind of unique because for all of the other expansions, especially going back to the very first iteration of World of Warcraft, the Alliance and the Horde were always just mortal enemies with each other. Uh, never got along, never saw eye to eye. And so now in this expansion, they're getting back to their roots and the Alliance and the Horde are in a, in a battle for the planet of Azeroth. So um, it looks like a lot of fun. I cannot say for certain whether it was because I'm not in that world anymore. Uh, but uh, I will say that there is always a part of me that misses it and gets that, that <laughs> craving to get back in the, in the thing. And, but I, I don't do it because you can't be in a relationship and play World of Warcraft unless that's what I've heard. Unless the other person in the relationship is also playing World of Warcraft, that is the only time that it doesn't end in World War Three. So um, <laughs> I, I have learned the error of my ways, and I avoid World of Warcraft now and uh, save myself about fifteen bucks a month by doing so. And you're telling me your uh, sweet ginger fish, she's not going to get into World of Warcraft. Like, that's not on the table. <laughs> there, no, not even, no. Nah, even if I put wine in front of, like, the computer, <laughs> like, to lure her towards the mouse and creating a character, no, nah, it, it, would, it would not. <laughs> not <happen. laughs> Look, over here. Look over here. There's some wine. There's Come some on. wine. Come on. There's wine. Come on, sweet ginger fish. <laughs> She'd just take the wine and then go back to watching Friends. She'd be like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> so, so, but that game came out on PC. And if you're a, if you're a big WoW fan, uh, more power to you. Uh, go for it. Figure it out. Yeah, go for it. That's awesome. I, I personally get, uh, tip my hat to those that are currently active players and have been for over whatever 13 odd years that it's currently been around. So that's just wild. <laughs> um, the other big game that was, came out was a remaster of uh, some games that came out way back in the day on PS2 and, uh, and original Xbox and things like that. I'm talking about Shenmue 1 and 2, yep, remaster yep, yep. of those games. So that came out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I cannot tell you um, how excited it myself and my brother were to find out that Shenmue was getting remastered. Not only were we getting 1 and 2, available again to play and the graphics were going to be improved and, and everything else. But we still are expecting to see Shenmue three come out. That's sometime, right. Sometime, I think later this year, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, because it's kind of necessary, they left it on a cliffhanger mm -hmm. and uh, the main character still by the end of the second uh, video game. And I'm sorry if this spoils things for you, but you've had, uh, 20 plus years to, to find this out. Um, he does not have revenge yet on his father's death. Uh, the main character, Ryo Hazuki, is still trying to get redemption for the death of his dad from at the hands of Lon D. And my brother and I would joke that he won't even get a chance to because Lon D will just die of natural causes by the time we ever get <laughs> this, this sequel. So um, hopefully we'll get this eventually long, soon enough where we'll actually be able to play it and you know not be in old folks' home ourselves. So Yeah, maybe I'll dive into number three. You think <laughs> number three will be a game where if I didn't play one or two, I'm just going to be totally lost? Mm, no, because I think there was a fair amount of redundancy in one and two. So I feel like, if anything, they'll have enough of a... Uh, um, maybe like a launch in-game cinematic where it sort of like 
level sets everyone. They can kind of get a, a quick encapsulated story of what came before. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Because most of the talks in the second game are really just him hanging out in a warehouse uh, with a forklift, moving boxes, and then and then asking people where sailors are. So uh, that's pretty much the entire. Oh yeah, and and playing darts. It it was one of those three things that basically happened for the the last two movies for hours and hours on end. So uh, oh yeah, the occasional karate, but mostly darts. (laughs) Hey, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll skip it. All right. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Now let's move on to the big news items of the third quarter of 2018. Now to uh, just give you a heads up, the news items that we pick, we're not covering like all the big news per se of the year. We like to, we're sort of looking back on the news that ended up being big talking points for us, sort of within our last episode, how we still got into the fiery debate on is Toad's head part of his actual (laughs) head or a cap. So we're on that sort of level. Um, Triggered. (laughs) Triggered, but this is actually actually a bigger piece of news. Um, Joaquin Phoenix was revealed to be cast as the Joker in this uh, standalone Joker movie. And we got his first looks, or at least our first look, at him in the Joker makeup. Now, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. I'm actually, I'm actually okay with this, um, in the sense that I like him as an actor, or at least I think he's got the range to portray the part. What I think is weird about it is how they just gave up on their DC extended universe. <laughs> <laughs> they just gave up on that. Um, they're like, yeah, there's two Jokers. You got Jared Leto, and you got Joaquin. Phoenix, what are you going to do about it? Nothing, nerds. Um, <laughs> but you, they gave us the first look at him in the makeup, and it is, it's like they smushed all the Jokers together without, uh, without the word damaged on his forehead, of course, um, and then added like a little bit of a flair to it. Um, I know everybody listening has probably seen how he looks, so I'm not going to get into it too much. But what I want to know is, Shaf, what do you think of this new Joker look? Dude, I was really pleasantly surprised. I actually, when they said that Joaquin Phoenix was going to be playing the Joker, I was immediately okay with it because I know that he's a very disturbed, fucked up person. And if anybody can play the Joker, it's going to be somebody who is mentally dis- like just totally nuts. So uh, I am totally on board with this. The way he looks, I think it most closely models if Heath Ledger's, lo- if Heath Ledger's Joker uh, sort of smushed together with Cesar Romero's Joker and they sort of made like a happy baby uh, and <laughs> and he was insane. Uh, then that would be this Joker. So uh, I'm totally on board with it. It looks interesting. Uh, it's set in a unique time period. So um, we'll get to see some characters in a different way. I think it takes place in the 80s, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not convinced that this is Joker's final form. Um, but you never know. The thing that throws me off a little bit, I mean, if it's, if it's a Joker origin movie, a lot of the, the scenes that we're seeing are him in this makeup. Um, you know, not, not Robin Banks necessarily, but just like subway stations and just like running around being a fool. But we know that, we know that this movie has Bruce Wayne's parents in it 
we don't know if that's going to be like a flashback or something like that. And we're not really sure if Batman himself is going to be in this movie, but Joker really exists because Batman exists. And so I'm not super duper convinced that this is going to be the final version of the Joker or that they're saving that or like they're not going to show it. Or I could be just totally way off base. Or maybe he's not even truly Joker. Maybe he's like a proto-Joker. Like he's the inspiration for the eventual Joker. Something like that. Which is I'm kind of how they went with with Gotham, uh, which is in its uh, final season right now. And I've been actively watching it. I'm not caught up. I think I'm maybe like an episode behind or something like that. But uh, the the who we thought might be the Joker ended up being sort of a proto-Joker. And then his twin brother ended up being who potentially a proto joker or the actual joker it's very it's very convoluted but <laughs> i'm sorry that's dumb <laughs> build this character up oh, he's the joker he's the joker he's the joker psych it's his twin brother who never was in the show prior to this episode dumb. <laughs> like the fact that the joker exists without batman existing like art bothers me enough but like well, one thing they have confirmed about Gotham, not to get ahead of ourselves, but uh, they did say that the final episodes uh, will take place with a time jump and we will see Batman facing off against at least the Joker, um, if not other of, of his rogues. Uh, so he'll be in full costume. He will be the, he will be Batman and it will be years in the future or something like that. So um, which kind of is how they did with Smallville. When they ended Smallville, that final episode had a time jump as well. And we kind of got to see Clark uh, debuting the, the, the S on his chest with the actual super suit. And, uh, and that's kind of how it ended. Um, so I'm kind of wondering how much footage we'll have of him actually as Batman. And if he'll look like a total chump, because I think the guy who plays Bruce on the show is a total fucking chump. So, <laughs> man. All right. Sorry. <laughs> who plays Batman? David. <laughs> David. David, whatever your name is. I don't David know. I don't watch it. Poor guy. You know, he listens. We just lost a listener. <laughs> oh, man. I still like you, David. I've never seen the show, but... I'm going to get you guys fired. You'll never work in this town again. Oh, man. Well, hey, that's actually a good segue, Shaf. The the, uh, last big piece of news for the third quarter of 2018 was all over everybody's lips, all over everybody's thoughts, all over the internet. James Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 was fired, was famously fired. From, well, I won't say from Disney, by Disney, from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Because, as you all know, he had some lewd and crude and rude tweets <laughs> in the past, resurfaced a lot of jokes about sex with children. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember the, the tweets in particular, um, but tweets that, you know, were, were off color a little bit. They were jokes, but off color jokes. And, they had been revealed in the past, so it's not like it was some big reveal secret, like, oh my God, look at these things. And he has apologized for them in the past, too, and how, stated several times how he's moved on, uh, and that's not his sort of style anymore. But that didn't matter. <laughs> uh, there was a, a, a push from the far right, the alt-right, if you will, to get him fired, and it was successful. Um, and I know... Shaw had a lot of thoughts. 
Oh gosh, don't even get me started on this. I mean, we have spent a fair amount of episode content over the past year talking about James Gunn's uh, termination from from Disney, and yep, it it bugs me to no end. It bugs me to no end because there's a clear double standard with Disney, and uh, and they 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 made him the scapegoat for for this to make them have this avoid potential reputational risk. But in the long run, it's only going to hurt them because they're still struggling to find a director for guardians of the galaxy volume three. That's true. The the movie itself has been uh, at least placed on hold. I don't want to say shelved because it's not like totally canceled, but uh, it was supposed to come out in 2020 and it is no longer coming out. They have placed another movie in that spot. Uh, It'll probably be eternals. Um, or Black Widow or something along those lines, but it definitely will not be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which means that they've totally screwed up this phase of movies because of something that some guy did 10 years ago that doesn't reflect how he currently feels about little children. (laughs) (laughs) Nor Nor did it actually reveal how he felt about children 10 years ago, even. It was a joke at that time. And if we didn't have an issue with it 10 years ago, then we don't have any right to be upset with it now because we should only be holding people accountable to how they are now, not how they were when we were all accepting of this type of behavior back then. Like (laughs) you can't look at, at the past with future classes. It doesn't work that way. Um, So uh, I just have a real big problem with that. Um, I'm not saying his tweets were right. They were inappropriate. They were offensive, but They've also been out in the open in the public space for a very long time. And there was, they certainly were around prior to him getting the job with Disney. And you're not going to, you're going to tell me that Disney didn't do any background check. Give me a fucking break. They knew (laughs) about it. They only cared because someone else cared and called them out on it. And that's the only reason they acted. So, uh, and reputational risk is the main uh, uh, crux of much of what, decisions that get made through uh, uh, Hollywood these days right now. So um, granted, there's a lot more pressing things like actual people getting assaulted and, and harassed and taken advantage of and treated unfairly. And in those situations, absolutely. A harmless tweet that didn't actually hurt anybody, that didn't reflect how he felt, it's bogus. Bogus. Best of luck, James Gunn, as director and writer of The Suicide Squad, which just got uh, a release date coming out in 2021. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. That's news (laughs) just available today, so that's fresh. That's interesting. Man, it still stings. (laughs) It still stings. I, I feel like no matter how many times I think about it, I'm just as furious (laughs) <laughs> like I, I, I don't reduce in my disgust over the whole scenario and how it was treated, how much of the community came together, how much of his fellow cast supported him and were very vocal about that. Like talk about like you might, I, I would feel so honored if my cast that had, had been working with me on past movies that they would be so vocal and so public about how they are, they accept him and they know he's not this kind of guy and this or that, like, I've noticed that James Gunn is really, he's back, like he is retreated into the shadows. Like you don't even see much of him on social media anymore. Uh, I follow his wife and uh, I'll see the occasional picture of him, but he's pretty much like disappeared off of social media. So good for him for realizing that 
no one can be held accountable for anything anymore. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh man. I wonder if we'll ever see guardians three. I hope so. I hope um, so. Last bit of news on that was that they were looking at Adam McKay to potentially pick up the director's chair. And I'd be all right with that. He, he's a, uh, you know, used to work on Saturday Night Live. He punched up uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp a little bit. Or excuse me, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Ant-Man. Um, uh, he's, he's, he's got a lot of talent. And I think that would be an okay choice. I, but, have, a, I, have, I have a better set of directors. you want to know who I think? Who? Tell me. Better directors for this one? A unique choice. They're not known for a, uh, a superhero summer blockbuster type movie. But I'm talking about Dan Gore and Michael Schur. And Dan Gore and Michael Schur are, for the people who don't know, they are I the totally co-creators, know. co-creators of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. And I love that show. <laughs> and, and Good Place is another Michael Schur uh, creation. And I think they both were involved with Parks and Rec back in the day. At the very least, I know Michael Schur was. Uh, and then, of course, he was involved on uh, The Office. Um, and uh, you know what? They have that humor. I think that would translate very well to the Guardians of the Galaxy. It would still keep it sort of in that that vein and that style where it's like quippy and and fast and sort of like the interactions. It's an ensemble concept. Mm-hmm. And you have to have people who understand how to create a good ensemble vibe where each person has a unique voice and, and personality. And I think they've proven that to be something that they're, is one of their strong suits. So if it were up to me, I would ask them to come on board. All right, that's fair, and I like it. I like your style, and plus, we'd probably get an Andy Samberg cameo in a Marvel yes. movie. I'd be down. I would be <laughs> down. I would be down. <laughs> All right, my friends. Well, that covers the third quarter of 2018. So let me tell you what: we'll hit you with a little break, with a little tiny little break, and we'll be right back with the fourth quarter of 2018 and the prestigious Geeky Awards. Geeky Awards. <laughs> Hey gang, it's Wonder Rob again. And Shaf's here too. We just wanted to take a quick break to let you know where you can find us on social media. That's right. Catch us on Twitter at Geek So To Speak PC, where I'll be tweeting and retweeting all of the latest geek news. Also, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Geek So To Speak Podcast, where yours truly will be serving up those deliciously geeky posts, not to mention memes, trailers, articles, videos, and much, much more. While, of course, Shop celebrates his inner geek on Instagram with all kinds of geekgasm, oh, inducing pics and memes. <laughs> if you're enjoying what you're hearing, let us know. Find us and follow us, rate us and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. We got new episodes every week, so don't forget to tune in. Same geek time, same geek channel. And we're back. My name's Shaf. Of course, with me is Wonder Rob, and uh, you just enjoyed an awesome uh, commercial break from us featuring us. So uh, hopefully you're not tired of us because you're going to get more us for the next uh, bit of this episode. So uh, we've just talked about the third quarter of 2018. We are going to finish off with the fourth quarter, and then we're going to get into our geeky awards and who won and who didn't win. And uh, we've got an even special category at the end to decide probably the most important award of all. So um, without further ado, let's get talking and get cracking on October, November, and December of 2018, starting with the movies. So Wonder Rob, uh, a lot of movies, a lot of movies came out mm-hmm. in this fourth quarter. It was, 
honestly, it was hard to keep up with buying tickets. I'm sure you were kind of feeling the same thing. It was like, oh my oh, God, yeah. this, this weekend, this weekend, this week, two on this weekend. Holy crap. Okay. So the big movies that came out, let's just read them off in general. We got Venom came out. Oh boy, Venom. <laughs> we got Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald. We got uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Once Upon a Deadpool. Uh, what other ones we got, Wonder Rob? Uh, you almost forgot. Spider-Man, colon, Into the Spider-Verse. You got uh, the groundbreaking, uh, world-renowned, great picture, Aquaman, and Bumblebee. Bumble, Bumblebee. Bumblebots, Bumble, uh, transform. So, yeah. Roll out. <laughs> so, we're a once-a-week podcast for the most part. So, we didn't have enough time to see all these movies. <laughs> uh, but I know we do have opinions. And I want to hear Shaf's opinion again on Venom. <laughs> Venom. Oh, God. Okay. So, Venom was was horrible. Was, was absolutely horrible. It's definitely in the running, in my personal opinion, for uh, one of the worst films of 2018. Uh, and perhaps one of the worst superhero movies of all time. But that's... Uh, but it made so much money. That is the most obnoxious part about the whole thing, <laughs> is that the general public enjoyed it. <laughs> they loved it. They ate it up with the spoon. Nom, 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 nom. More and all they, yeah, and all they said to Sony was, please give us more crap. We like crap. Can, you, can I have another helping of crap? Yes, Here's your Morbius movie coming out soon with Jared Leto. I know how much you love crap. <laughs> oh, I'm, I really would be interested in perhaps a movie that involves Silver Sable and Black Cat. Could we have some of that too? That would be No, no, bad. no. Not in the same movie. <laughs> Their own movies, please. Thank you. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah, Venom. Venom, if you like uh, watching what looks to be silly putty of two different colors... Uh, just sort of splashed against the screen and you can't really make out what is what and everything is filmed at night so you can't really see what it what venom is or not is and um, there's some unnecessary time spent on tater tots um, and if you enjoy uh, Woody Harrelson in the most god-awful Party City wig of all time, uh, <laughs> then uh, Venom is the movie for you. You'll re really enjoy it. Otherwise, if you're like a normal person, you'll find it to be a grotesque uh, piece of shit. Uh, oh, man. Oh, man. See, my morbid curiosity, I almost want to watch it. Now, you really kind of have to. You have to. You just have to see it. I just have to. This was another one of these situations where we had a whole episode planned and ready to go for Venom and Shaf still saw it before me and said, no, <laughs> <laughs> we're not reviewing it. <laughs> nope. No, I, I have to save you. But now, now I kind of want to put you through it just, just so you can be like on my level. You know, it's kind of like, um, like our friendship is great. It's, it's like the best, but it could be even better if you've seen Venom. <laughs> <laughs> no, our pledge in 2019, listeners, you heard it right now. When we commit to reviewing a movie, we're going to commit to it, no matter how bad it is. <laughs> and none of this now, we're not going to talk about it. Because misery <laughs> loves company. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do it. We got to let you know. Half uh, the fun of listening to our show is listening to a shit on things that other people like. Now, the only movie of that list that we read. Venom, Fantastic Beast, Ralph, Once Upon a Deadpool, Spider-Man, Aquaman, Bumblebee. The only movie I didn't see from that was Once Upon a Deadpool. But I didn't really feel like I needed to because I saw, uh, I saw Deadpool 2. And that's basically the same movie with 
15 minutes of Fred Savage. So Yeah, I wasn't interested. I, I really had no interest in seeing it. I've said in the past, Deadpool 2, well, it was okay, but I, I only saw it the one time in theaters, and I didn't really feel the need to hop back into it, like uh, Infinity War, for example, and especially a toned-down PG-13 movie with Fred Savage, where they, where I'm sure they showed all the best Fred Savage jokes in the trailer. So I was just, nah, not into it. Now, if you're the type that has like a 13-year-old son who couldn't have seen uh, the number one movie and you begged, <laughs> or excuse me, he begged to see it, and finally, with your wife's permission, you let him see the PG-13 movie, great. That's fantastic. Yeah, like if you're just like someone who uh, does really well at their job to the point where they get like reward points and, you know, <laughs> you spend those points on like a Nintendo console that's mobile. Wow. Um, and, and then, you know, you also have additional points left over. So you're like, maybe I'll get a Disney headphone set for myself that's wireless. And and you also have a son that you want to see a movie, <laughs> but... <laughs> but you know, maybe they're not of the appropriate age to see that movie, but you can they can see Once Upon a Deadpool because it's more age appropriate. If you could be one like someone like that, then this is the movie. Oh man, that was <laughs> awfully specific. And awfully specific. Mine just started started out as like a tiny little jab at our friend. <laughs> and you just went way deep into the rabbit. <laughs> hey, but on the bright side, Darth Bibbert, who who we're talking about, contributor to Geek, so to speak. Uh, he did let his son see Dead, not Deadpool. He did let his son see Die Hard, and so I will give him credit. That's right for that. That's right. Good, good on you for letting your son see Die Hard. <laughs> um, and speaking of Darth Vader, we know he loved Ralph Breaks the Internet because uh, he is, of course, has a fascination with animation. But you saw Ralph Breaks the Internet, and I believe you had a different opinion than him on that. Yeah, well, I fell asleep during a good portion of it. So um, I, I woke up for the credits and I was awake for like the first 30 minutes. But other than that, I was pretty much asleep, but I didn't feel like I missed out on anything. Uh, my opinion on this movie is that it should have came out uh, a long time ago because it, it heavily focuses on eBay. And mm. in my personal opinion, people don't really use eBay anymore. Like people go to Amazon. And if they can't find it on Amazon, then they go to eBay. Then maybe eBay. Maybe. I agree. That's how my shopping habits are. I can't speak for everybody, but I would say 99% of my shopping is on Amazon and about 1% is on eBay. Yeah. So. And this particular movie does not take place in the past. It takes place in present day. So there's no explanation as to why there's so much focus on eBay. It's just strange. It just, it, it feels dated. Just like Venom felt dated, this feels dated too. And um, honestly, I didn't need another Wreck-It Ralph, especially since Ralph Breaks the Internet basically follows the exact same plot structure of uh, Wreck-It Ralph in the sense that uh, Ralph gets into an environment that's not his own. He brings something foreign that destroys the environment that he's currently in. And then he and his friend have to try and save the day. And they develop a friendship or their friendship goes through struggles along the way. It is exactly the same plot. Uh, tit for tat and i'm amazed that disney was able to just like throw that uh over, wool over our eyes and we didn't even catch on so um it's good good on them but honestly i thought the movie sucked just like fantastic beasts also sucked what a waste of my time and money <laughs> and we all know you're a big potter head like you're into it man i do like harry potter movies but 
the concept of Fantastic Beast doesn't work for me because in this sequel, they get further away from the nature of Newt Scamander and what his real point is. And that's that he catalogs all of these unique and fantastic beasts. And there's no need to make this a sequel to Fantastic Beasts because that's not what it is. If you see the movie, more focus is placed on Dumbledore, more focus is placed on uh, the main evil character. um, Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Oh, Grindelwald. Yeah, it's part of the name for kind of life. And uh, it, it gets so further away from Newt that it's just it doesn't feel like a direct sequel. So there's no need to include Fantastic Beasts in the title. It's a, it's too, it's a strange spinoff. It doesn't need to be there. And the fact that this is part of literally a five part movie series that we're going to get three more uh, Fantastic Beasts movies. It's, it's unnecessary milking of a franchise is my personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was only sort of a casual Harry Potter fan. I didn't read the books because reading (laughs) Come on, you guys. Words on pages. Um, but the Harry Potter hype did not uh, go unnoticed by me. And I saw all the movies. But And I've been to the theme parks. Shoot. Um, but Shoot, man. <laughs> I've had my frozen butter beer. And the hot butter beer I might recommend is particularly tasty. I believe it's only seasonal, though. Um, <laughs> but I digress. But I just, I couldn't. Like my interest couldn't be raised enough to to be interested in this at all. So I'm glad at least one of us saw Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Blah Blah Blah. So now we know not to go see it. Not at least I know not to go see it. But let's talk about something we did like. You mentioned Spider Man into the Spider Verse, right? Uh, which some people consider to be the best Spider Man movie ever made. Period. That's a tall order. It's definitely one of the best. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know if it's my favorite Spider-Man movie. It's pretty good. I'll give you that. But I still think I like Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, Well, in retrospect, it's like I have a soft spot for Spider-Man 2, man. I I thought you were going to say that. I was like, I was surprised you didn't say Spider-Man 2. Well, I was thinking about the most recent Spider-Man movie versus the Spider-Verse. So I'll put it that way. I still think Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man movie. I think Spider-Man Homecoming is still a better movie than Into the Spider-Verse. But they're just like neck and neck. That doesn't mean that Spider-Verse is bad necessarily. It's just different tastes, different flavors. You know, it's like getting the Baja Blast Mountain Dew versus the regular Mountain Dew. It's just your preference, buddy. You know, I think you're right on. I also think you probably can't really keep them in the same category with with each other because a live action movie versus an animated movie, they're always going to have their own unique challenges mm-hmm. as well as areas that they can do that other movies, other types of movies can't. So into the spider verse, can you imagine trying to do that as a live action movie? It just wouldn't have the same effect. Part of what makes spider verse such a fun movie and enjoyable is the art direction for it. The unique styling oh, of, yeah. of each character that they sort of even have their own animation style within their own universe as well. Um, and so to see that portrayed, it could only be done in that way through the cell shaded animation as well as sort of like the little layering of the, the CGI on top of actual drawings. Like it, it's so impressive uh, that if they were to do that live action, something would get lost in translation. It just wouldn't be as, as awe inspiring. Although the content and the story could be great visually, it would be a different story. So I think you can't compare it to other live action Spider-Man's. I think it exists on its own. 
Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. And I won't get too in-depth on my, my thoughts into that because uh, we only just reviewed this like four episodes ago. Yeah, so check that one out. <laughs> so my thoughts really haven't changed, but Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was a good movie. Um, now, if you want to go on opposite Z's of a good movie, let's talk about Aquaman. Um, <laughs> Don't you mean both moist, agree. Most moist Thor? Isn't that? Moist Thor, yeah. I call him <laughs> Moist Thor or Damp Panther. <laughs> That's what I was um, Aquaman, we're we're of a split opinion on Aquaman if, in the geek, so to speak, camp. I personally was not super thrilled after I left the movie. Now it did have its, it did have a few good points in my opinion, but overall, I thought it was slow. I thought uh, it was the CGI was lacking, and the overall story felt it felt like a movie that was maybe made 10 years ago, like, like Venom so far. Um, but I know Shaft didn't feel that way. So uh, with Aquaman, I see, I went into it with almost no expectations. And I think that is the proper way to go into any DC movie these days. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, believe me. That's how I walked into this movie. <laughs> uh, but, and because I went into the, with that like perception and that expectation of it being just pure garbage, I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't garbage. It was actually an enjoyable flick. Um, the story was, uh, was, you know, the story was fun. It was a, it was an, an aspect of, of like a, an environment that we don't normally get to see. The idea of Atlantis and underwater fight scenes and things like that. Like the way that it was portrayed in, in Justice League was really a letdown. The idea that they can only talk in air bubbles and stuff like. Uh, I like how James Wan did it uh, when he changed it up for Aquaman. Um, I just felt like it was a little crowded. It was unnecessarily long. Um, they did not have to introduce the character of Black Manta, or at least the way they introduced him early on, they could have cut him out of everything else until the end credit scene. Yeah. And then set him up for a sequel properly without giving him a chance to sort of get his revenge uh, within the movie. It's like you, you just set him up as the villain of the sequel, but you already gave him a chance to get his revenge. Like uh, it would just be a retread on his own story. Like it just doesn't make sense. So they, they jammed too much into the movie, which was my biggest gripe of it all. Um, but I personally, I enjoyed it. It made me like Aquaman more uh, than I did before. And I felt like they really did proper justice to the idea of a comic book accurate costume in a gritty DCEU movie. Yes, I'll give, a, I'll give them credit where credit's due. I do agree with that point. And I didn't dislike Black Manta exactly. He did have some sort of cheesy moments, at the, especially with the beginning where they were trying to make us feel bad about him losing his dad. Meanwhile, he just came in there and killed everybody. <laughs> so I was like, wait, are we supposed to like this guy or not like this guy? It doesn't make any sense. Um, it was very strange. But outside of that... Like, he was an all right bad guy, but I do agree. He he didn't add anything to the story at all, and the movie would have been exactly the same. If he wasn't in it, you, we would have just been minus one scene of them jumping from rooftop to rooftop. Exactly, um, exactly. So, so that is it is what, what it is. is. Yeah. yeah, jinx. <laughs> <laughs> you owe me a Diet Coke. Oh, no, I'm going <laughs> to drink mine. Let's get back to the ASMR. <laughs> all right, you guys. And, uh, <laughs> well, let's touch on Bumblebee really quick. Again, this was one of these ones that sort of fell in the cracks for me, just because we had so many things to review. 
uh, within the episodes that and Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that stuff just didn't make it uh, fully into the geek, so to speak, uh, canon. But I know Shaf still saw that bad boy. I sure did. With the AllSpark gone, we cannot return life to our planet. Sorry, that was just, I had to throw that in there. Had Man, to- that was good. That was good. We haven't had a, uh, what do we call it? Celebrity theater? Oh, geek, geek theater. theater. Yeah. Geek theater. We haven't had a geek theater segment in a while. We're going to have to bring that back in a future, <laughs> in a future episode. Sam Woodwicky. <laughs> Sam uh, Woodwicky. <laughs> Mine's not as good as yours. I, the All Spies. So my favorite part of Bumblebee was actually the scenes that take place early on in the movie when we get to see Cybertron mm-hmm. and uh, we see sort of the Decepticons fighting the Autobots. We see a lot of classic iterations. These are the first generation versions of the characters that we know and love from the cartoon, the original cartoon. Um, so we get to see not only them in their Autobot like robot form, but we also see when they transform, which by the way, let me just say this. I found that odd mm-hmm. that they transform into Earth cars on Cybertron. A planet, by the way, they're transforming into cars, models of cars that they should never have seen yet because they've not been to Earth. You know, like it, the first time they go to Earth is like when Bumblebee goes and scouts Earth. Like it's, it's just strange to me that they would be using, um, I don't know. It's just more of a realism thing. Like, they should be modeling their initial designs after Cybertronian <laughs> vehicles. Like, yeah, it's strange. The, the realism part made me laugh. It's like <laughs> this movie about space robots who turn into cars needs to be more realistic. <laughs> that is a good point. That is a good point. I don't know what I'm arguing right no, now, but I get what you're saying. But yeah, no, but I loved, yeah. I loved the seeing those first generation styles, uh, for those redesigns represented in those first few minutes because you got to see Optimus Prime in all of his proper glory, uh, obviously with the, the, uh, that iconic voice. And so it was really nice to have that, to have, um, um, to have Bumblebee. We actually heard Bumblebee's voice before he has his voice taken out. Uh, we get to see some interactions with Soundwave, which is a really cool Decepticon character, uh, as well as some other uh, Autobots and lesser-known Decepticons as well. Um, and honestly, the movie itself was fun. I wasn't feeling super great during the uh, when I saw it. I actually went to the movie with the intention to sleep. I literally was feeling that crappy that I left work early and I went to the movies with the intention of this is a comfy chair. I'm going to go ahead and lay down and fall asleep. And it was an early movie. So I figured there wouldn't be too many people in there, which I was right about. And uh, I slept during probably like a third of the movie, but of what I saw, I was like, this is actually a really enjoyable flick. And I kind of was trying to keep myself awake because I was actually engaged with the story. I felt like Haley Steinfeld uh, who played, uh, Steinfeld, who played the the female lead, she was really great in it. She also provides the voice for Gwen Stacy in Spider Verse, and uh, and she was she was great. So she's been really busy this year, and uh, honestly, they've already greenlit a sequel for Bumblebee. So we're gonna see more of this stuff. It's gonna come around. You know what I just thought of? We should start a new segment for movies when you go with the the <laughs> the intent to sleep. Let's call it. <laughs> Shops, sleepy time, cinema. 
And you give reviews of movies that you slept through. And that you yeah, where I only saw it. a portion of it. <laughs> of, what I, of what I saw, I liked it. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. I think we're going to bring Shop Sleepy Time Cinema to future episodes. I highly idea. recommend you check out the first two thirds. <laughs> first two thirds were great. You can leave after that. Um, <laughs> all right well hey let's move on to tv we got a lot of stuff to still talk about we don't want to keep everybody here till 12 years from now so uh daredevil season three came out in the last quarter of 2018 and uh we touched on that a little bit earlier uh i still stand by my statement that it's one of the best things marvel entertainment has put out period i know shaf agrees totally agree absolutely agree um, I particularly like Vincent D'Onofrio, underrated actor, but he's uh, the the definitive kingpin, at least in my mind. Uh, and we've said this in the past. This is a good Vanessa. year for the kingpin. Oh, yeah. Vanessa. Vanessa. The thing is, you have to stop fucking around. <laughs> Daredevil. Again, I don't know if he actually said that. That's just my D'Onofrio kingpin impression. Uh, but, man. I haven't been, I, I really enjoyed Daredevil as a whole, as the series. I really liked season one. Season two, I liked half of with uh, The Punisher. But even though I liked season one and season two, I didn't really feel inclined to go back and watch them again. But man, Daredevil season three, like lately, I've, I've kind of been having an itch to go back and watch it. Ooh, Actually, that's, that's, okay. how much, that's how much I liked it. But I know the Shaf, the Shaf loved that bad boy too. Loved um, it. I loved it. I, I'm. I think right now that's what I'm most upset about the cancellation for is just knowing that we're not going to get to see what what could have been an excellent season four because we got to see a sort of like birth of Bullseye and he was a very intriguing and interesting character even in his sort of like uh, pre stages to becoming Bullseye uh, just as um, Point Dexter or whatever his name is in the mm-hmm. show I can't recall. Um, but, uh, the character of, of Mur- Matt Murdock and sort of the, his own unique internal struggles and what he kind of comes to terms with about himself. Like that was pretty exceptional. I loved the aspect of him and his mom. That was a really cool dynamic. Um, and even just the progress that has been made between him and Foggy and Karen, uh, they sort of, by the end of this, of that season are in a really unique place. And it'd be kind of cool to see what, what goes on from there forward. So, it really felt like they were at a place of, of acceptance over this is daredevil. This is Matt Murdock. This is who they are. This is what they're going to do. And like, uh, and that's what I kind of was hoping was going to be the case for, for Luke Cage and for Iron Fist. And by the end of those two series or uh, seasons, they went in very unique and strange directions. And that's probably why they were not received well. So. Yeah. And even they went so far as to pitch a season four to Netflix and, yeah. you know, didn't, didn't go the right way. And, you know, maybe knock on wood, we'll see Daredevil return uh, in Disney plus, of course, part of the stipulations within the Marvel slash Netflix contract is that once these shows are terminated, that the characters cannot be used for another two years. Yeah. Um, unless Disney's going to fork over that money. So we may or may not get a return to Daredevil soon, but if so, uh, Matt Cox needs to come back. That's for sure. He's Matt great. Cox. <laughs> that's what I call him. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, now a couple of shows that um, 
that Wonder Rob was not watching, but I was watching. And I know Wonder Rob will eventually get to them, just like he's going to get to all those video games. Is uh, We're talking about CW has their, their own DC universe, the Arrowverse. Uh, and they had a huge crossover event take place called Elseworlds. And it introduced us to Batwoman played by uh, Ruby Rose. Mm -hmm. And so we got to see her character. We got to see um, uh, uh, Supergirl interacting with the Flash and, and, and the Arrow and everything. And it was honestly, it was one of the better crossovers. I really enjoyed it. It also sort of set the stage for next year's crossover, which they've already hinted is going to be Crisis on Infinite Earths. Ooh. So that's going to be a big one. I would say definitely you've got some time to get caught up. I know you've got a lot to watch, but... I would say if you can, at the very least, watch The Flash because The Flash is my favorite superhero show on television ever. I'll get to it. It's, it's definitely on my radar. It's just one of those things. I don't know when, but I will. <laughs> I'll get to it. And you have my word on that one. <laughs> oh, man, my word. Um, the other show I was talking about is Timeless. So I am an official hashtag clock blocker. And uh, uh, I am, was so excited for Timeless. I loved the show. When it got canceled, I cried. When it got um, uh, accepted to come back and greenlit for a second season, I cried. This guy cried. When it got canceled again, I cried. And during the series finale, I, I did not did cry. cry. But oh. I, I loved it. I thought the show itself is so awesome. I wish it had uh, legs to live on longer. My hope was that some other network was going to pick it up and continue on. It was honestly a very expensive show, and that's part of the problem. Um, but it was certainly well-received. And that final series, or the series finale, was among the top-rated episodes of the entire network. So they by no means are hurting for fans. They have a, a huge fan base. The problem I think is just the ticket that comes with it. How much money of a budget do they have to put towards that? And NBC just didn't want to pay that kind of money anymore. So I think if I remember reading about it, it was like a million dollars an episode, which is just a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, um, these things add up, you know, if it, it, it reaches a certain level of popularity, but not popular enough, you're not getting that ad revenue based on the popularity and the viewers. And it's just one of those things, especially if it costs as much as you say it did, like makes sense to me. I even found it pretty educational because they really did a lot for time periods and trying to keep things accurate to these are these characters and this is what they did and their impact on, on society and history. And uh, there's a lot of shows out there that don't really give you that. So I found it to be an educational, entertaining experience and I'm going to miss it. Uh, big time. I really do hope, though, we haven't seen the end of it. They left it kind of on a, the potential for there's more to it. It was so well received. It would be amazing to me if some uh, network did not decide to grab it in some capacity. So I hope it comes back. You know, I can safely say I haven't seen it, but I do hope it comes back for you, buddy. Thanks, pal. For you. You're the best. You're like my I best know. friend. Oh. We should write a song about it. <laughs> All right. Let's hop into some video games, buddy. It was also a, a big time for video games. Holy shit. I, 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 had a, I had a receipt that was like two pages long. I would bring it to GameStop, and they would just keep slashing through the, the game that I had pre-ordered, and I had like five pre-orders on it. And they eventually had to replace the receipt because they had written on it so many times when I would bring it back in for like the launch, <laughs> the midnight launch. They'd be like, um... 
there's a lot of writing on this. I've stamped this like 12 times. Uh, can I, I'm going to make you a new one if that's okay. And I was like, sure thing, whatever. <laughs> um, let's see. So uh, a good choice of games came out. You of course got Red Dead Redemption 2. We'll talk about that more in a sec. Uh, a game that I know Shop is all about. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu Eevee. That's okay. right. I got the Eevee Watch. version. You got the EV version. Another game shops into DC Lego supervillains. Oh, I love Lego games. I'm such a big fan of Lego games. He's I have not really dug into DC super supervillains with, with the tenacity that I did with uh, the Marvel superheroes too. But I have been telling myself I'm going to get into it. I actually made for my supervillain character. I'm going to get a little political. The character oh. that I made was Donald Dump. <laughs> oh, that's right. I believe you posted uh, pictures of Donald I Dump did. on the Geek, so to I speak, did. <laughs> Twitter and Instagram. He's got a plunger in his hand, and he looks just like our POTUS. Oh, my gosh. It's oh, boy. Again, we try not to get too political, but sometimes we can't help it. Can't help it. <laughs> super Dump. villain. It was a super villain game. I felt the need. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which we did a whole episode on. That was our New Year's Eve episode, actually. Super Mario Party and Ass Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like I said earlier in the episode, is still sitting on my shelf, uh, sealed and ready to go, so I can't talk too much about that. I'm going to work my way backwards since we know we got a lot to say about a certain game. Uh, Super Mario Party... Now, um, these party games I've never really gotten into. It's just not been my thing. Again, I'm more of a single-player uh, kind of guy, but I know my boy Shaw loves that Super Mario Party. <laughs> that is a really fun game. I'm not going to lie. I've brought that over to my, my brother's house. Uh, both he, his wife, and myself have played it a lot. It is a lot of fun to play with a group. If you're playing it by yourself, it gets boring quickly. But if you've got a group of people that are all equally into it, and my brother and I played Mario Party, all the iterations of it that were on N64, um, back in the day and we loved it we that, those cartridges probably don't even play anymore the amount of times that we've we've <laughs> loaned them um and oh, uh yeah, oh, okay so we put you put it in your mouth and like <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> uh but yeah so uh super mario party i highly recommend that game if you've got a good group of people even for like a family it's a very fun game so that is a a big seller in my opinion for nintendo switch and one of the best games that came out during the fourth quarter for sure there you go. You also got your Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, like I mentioned, uh, which we, like I said, reviewed on our year-end spectacular uh, for 2018. Um, I didn't particularly like the World of Light single-player campaign. Um, I found it a little tedious and boring, um, but I have been playing it a little more here and there since we reviewed the game, mainly in classic mode, and I find that a lot more enjoyable. Um, that's the only time i play it too is in classic mode i do not play world of light anymore i actually really dislike the spirit concept like the idea of having to sort of strategically choose what spirits are going to help you for this match or that match it's just unnecessarily complicated yeah it, it just wasn't for me like i can understand how some people might enjoy that but like i just couldn't get into it like it did it didn't do it for me um but today, or it might have been yesterday or today, I only looked at it today. Nintendo gave you that free character download, Piranha Plant. Ooh, have you downloaded that yet? Because I have not. I have not, but it is certainly on my agenda. I read about it today, and I said, oh, you know, you know I'm going to go get that Piranha Plant. <laughs> it's not kicking some butt. 
with that, I, I'm all about it. So uh, we'll report back on the pro. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna power up my Switch tomorrow and download that sucker so I can get that on there. I feel like it's probably gonna be a limited time situation, so I want to get that taken care of. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Lego DC Supervillains, like you'd mentioned, my boy loves his Lego games. Uh, he's a Lego connoisseur. He's got lots of Lego Lego. Um, sets i don't know why i couldn't think of the word set but i couldn't he's got a lot of lego sets on his shelf i almost got a chance to see lego movie uh two uh as an advanced screening over on i think it was on sunday i almost mm-hmm. had a chance to go see that but unfortunately one of my doggos uh had scratched himself something fierce and i had to uh i had to be a good dad and uh and do some uh some dog sitting and watch him closely so had to uh refund my alamo draft house ticket and uh, just plan on seeing it when it comes out in theaters officially. So Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that at a future episode, we most sure likely. Um, then you got... I missed out on the Pokemon craze. I, I admit, I'm not a Pokemon nerd, but my boy Shaf, again, <laughs> I'm, I'm tossing the video games to you a lot, uh, did get into the Pokemon Let's Go. You went with the Eevee version. Yes, so Let's mistaken. Go Let's Go is sort of like a, a port uh, or a... Uh, yeah, it's like a remastered version of Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue. And I, I remember back in the day on, on Game Boy, I had Pokemon Red. My brother had Pokemon Blue. And we would interact with each other. We'd trade our Pokemon so we could make sure to get all of them because the game was uh, unique in the sense that there were some Pokemon that were exclusive to each version. So uh, this is no exception. Pokemon Let's Go, when you start the game, in uh, you get a specific either Pikachu or Eevee option. And I thought Pikachu is kind of standard. When Pokemon Yellow came out back in the day, Pikachu was the character that came with you. That's what you got. Instead of one of the the first three, which is either Charmander or Bulbasaur or Squirtle, uh, you got your Pikachu. Now this option gives you Eevee, and Eevee is a lot of fun because Eevee has so many different evolved forms, uh, so it's a lot of fun. the 3D elements of the game, the remastered mo- like game models of all the all the Pokemon, it is really pretty. Uh, the game is nice. I find it to be incredibly redundant, um, and so because of that, I can only play it in shorter doses because it's so heavily battle oriented that it just feels like the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that sense, it's very much a grind and. That may work for some people, but I, I need a game with a little bit more variety to to go the distance with. So uh, that's the kind of game that I'll pick up and play every now and again, but it's certainly not a game I'm, I'm like just invested in completely. Not like Red Dead Redemption 2. Ooh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes, my, uh, my guilty pleasure right now. Um, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2 since its release earlier in the year, and I am still on Chapter 2. <laughs> not. but not for lack of playing because I no no you're on three you're on three because i'm on three we're both on three. oh okay maybe i'm not paying attention to the chapters again not for lack of trying i just do everything in this game like i get sidetracked so easily in this game from from just running from one end to the other and somebody's yelling in the distance maybe he's shooting birds out of the sky and he's going to challenge me but <laughs> last time i challenged him i didn't pay him and he's mad and now he's starting to kill me to you know helping uh people take pictures of wildlife to fishing to to this and that robbing places robbing stagecoaches stealing stagecoaches i mean this is the true old west experience and i know the the 
the critics or the, the user reviews is sort of down the middle in terms of how much they like this versus the first game. And so far, I can tell you, I am enjoying it a lot. Uh, I'm having a good time, a real good time with this game. Yeah, you know what? You've played it a lot more than I have, and you play it the way that it should be played. I am always impressed with like your game style for how you play it because you really do soak it all up. Like you're the type of player that that um, Rockstar Games made this game for. Is how I feel. Because <laughs> like you're not about like I only want to do the missions. I just want to get through the content. No, you you even probably avoid the missions. Like if somebody is like, hey hey Arthur, come on over here. You're like, not now, bitch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm too busy moving this barrel of hay over to the horses. Not now, Annie. <laughs> No, I, I, you're correct. That's, that's how I play games. Not just like this game in particular, but again, with Spider-Man, I played that for a long time, sort of not to hash too much on the subject that we already talked about, but it was just that I would have a lot of fun just swinging around, doing all the little things before I, you know, move forward with the main quest, which is why I still haven't beaten the game yet. And it's the same with Red Dead Redemption and a game that's so thick and dense like this, like I'll be playing it for a while, probably. Um, which is another reason why I didn't want to get too far into Kingdom Hearts <laughs> right now because I'm having too much fun with Red Dead Redemption. But man, I am I am enjoying this. And so far, I'm enjoying it just as much as I enjoyed Red Dead Redemption, if not more. So, uh, You know, every now and again, uh, listeners, we occasionally post some, some videos of our adventures on Red Dead Redemption. So if you're curious, make sure to check out our Twitter page, Geek So To Speak PC. Uh, and as well, uh, sometimes Wonder Rob will post them on his own personal page, but I'll make sure to retweet them. So uh, on the Geek So To Speak page. So oh, yeah. definitely. I just had a real good one. Yeah. The most recent one is a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> a little, a uh, little teaser. It involves, uh, it involves a, a, a night in the woods uh, with a very um, organized group of people with white sheets. That's right, and some swift justice. That's right. So definitely check that out, uh, and uh, make sure to comment uh, uh, so that we know that you're uh, you're checking us out. But. Um, of all those games, Red Dead Redemption 2, man, it, it, that game is so far and ahead of every other game that came out in the fourth quarter and, dare I say, the entire year. Um, it just set the standard. I, I enjoy that game so much, but I also have a certain reverence for the game to where I almost don't play it. There are times when I want to play it, but I know that I can't commit more than 20, 30 minutes to it. So I tell myself, you know what, Jimmy? Now is not the time you need to make sure that you have more time to play this because you're not going to be able to do what you want to do in 20 minutes on Red Dead Redemption 2. In fact, it takes about five minutes just to power up the console and get the loading screens done to get you actually back to your camp and start what you're going to do. So because of that, like, there's not much you can accomplish in that time. Plus, how are you going to just like exist as a cowboy? You have to kind of sink into it, and that takes some time. So for me... I almost find it to be the type of game that I have to sort of prepare for and I have to carve out time out of my day so that I can truly appreciate it because I don't want to just play it for 20 minutes and and then be done because that's not even going to quench my thirst, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Oh, I know what you mean. Trust me. Trust (laughs) me, buddy. Like this past weekend, I told you I was going to play it. I didn't touch the game. I didn't touch it because I had so many other shows I had to watch that I didn't feel like I had enough time to commit to it. So I haven't played it 
in weeks. I'm like itching. I've got like a scratch that cannot be, cannot be contained right now. So, <laughs> so well, hopefully, I got an itch and I've been scratching it. I love <laughs> me some Red Dead. I love me some Red Dead, my friend. So, uh, moving on, let's talk some news yes. for the fourth quarter of 2018. Uh, we talked about this. Uh, we didn't mean to get to this early, but we did. So we, maybe we don't need to dwell too much on it. But Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, all canceled by Netflix. Um, again, which we talked about a little earlier in the show. So we don't need to dive too much into it. But it is a travesty. And maybe, or maybe not, we'll see these characters again in future iterations or uh, retellings or uh, new seasons or whatever. Uh, at the very least, I hope we get Daredevil back and Luke Cage. Heck Those yeah. will be the ones that I would want back. Absolutely. No, I think so too. Another uh, another big story from the fourth quarter. Uh, the new uh, Avengers movie, uh, the first trailer was revealed, which not only revealed the first footage from the movie, but also the title of the movie, which is Avengers Endgame, which a lot of people suspected was going to be the title. Yeah. Um, and you called it, I believe. Yeah, I did. I called it early on. I said it should be called Endgame. Whether or not I was going to be right, I didn't know. But uh, the Russo brothers had gone on record saying that it wasn't something that anyone had said previously in the movie, yet Doctor Strange had said we're in the Endgame now. So that was when I thought it would be a perfect title. Um, sure enough, they led us astray. It was Endgame, and the first trailer was epic. So we got to see the first footage. And Kevin Feige has gone on record and let us know that uh, the subsequent trailers, anything else that we're going to see going forward up until the movie's release on, is it April 26th? Does that sound right? Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, it's around that time uh, that we will only see the first 15 minutes of the movie's footage uh, within the trailers. So we don't have to worry about being spoiled on the overall uh, story, which is excellent. Because right now there's a lot of theories out there, but no one really knows much of anything of what's going to go on in Endgame. It's just a lot of very, uh, <laughs> very um, Hail Mary passes is kind of the best way I can put it. Like no one really <laughs> knows anything. And so everyone's like thinking they're like going the most outlandish they possibly can with the theories of this movie. And I've almost gotten a little bit tired of reading them. Because some they get more and more unbelievably retarded. I shouldn't say retarded. More and more <laughs> unbelievably, just unbelievable and far-fetched and unlikely that it just becomes comical. And it's not even worth like talking about it as like a news story because it's like, give me a break. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, I only really dive into the fan theories if like if it really catches me with the title of it. But you're right. It's definitely uh, oversaturated these days with fame theories, but that's, that's the fun of it too. So I don't discredit anybody for, for having a little fun. And sir, down the road, as we get closer and closer to Endgame, we will certainly have an episode where we uh, go through all the major theories and we decide which ones are going to be the most accurate. So you know, you just know we're going to have that for you guys. <laughs> you just know. And uh, the last big bit of news for 2018, uh, sad bit of news, uh, Stan the Man Lee passed away at 95. Uh, an incident that shook the geek community. As a matter of fact, we had a whole uh, thank you, Stan Lee, as our Thanksgiving special where we sort of went over his life and legacy, so we don't need to dive into that too much here. Um, but we do recommend that you go back 
into the back episodes if you haven't listened to it already and take a listen. But yeah, it definitely was uh, The Death Heard Around the World. That's the title I'm giving it. No, that's so true. Um, you know what? I'm going to hold up the what remains of my second helping of whiskey and uh, oh, toast man. to Stan Lee. So. Take it, Stan. Take you, it, Stan. Dan. I don't have that much Diet Coke left in my can, but I'll take a little sip. Mmm, yummy. No sugar, no calories, just like Stan. <laughs> All right, so that is, believe it or not, fellow listeners, fellow geeks, you have made it to the the finale of our episode, which is going to be the awards themselves, what you have oh, man, waited it's for. finally here. We have been waiting for this. We cannot wait to share what we think are the top uh, and the worst, the best and the worst of 2018. So without further right. ado, let's dig into it. So um, I'm going to pull up my notes here because I, I was writing down some stuff. So uh, right. Wonder Rob, let's go ahead and start with you. So if we're talking best film of 2018, what would you say is the best film of 2018? Oh, best film of 2018? By all means, I think I'm going to give it to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It's got dinosaurs, it's got Chris Pratt, it's got dinosaurs, and it's got Chris Pratt. <laughs> of course, you know, I'm being facetious, I'm going to give my movie of the year, probably no surprise to anybody who's been listening to the show for a while, to Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> I've seen it uh, several times. Of course, that's not why it's the best, but... Uh, the culmination of 10 years of storytelling, uh, a lot of anticipation. It delivered on every aspect. The only thing I didn't like, there's just one tiny little piece of the movie I didn't like, and it's just a tiny nitpick. Oh, I don't need to see the vision and Wanda kiss. Okay, he's a robot. She's a human. Get over it. <laughs> Outside of that, best movie of the year for me. I loved it. It was everything I wanted it to be and more, and I'm looking more forward to Endgame more than ever. At this point, what about totally. you? Totally, uh, I'd have to completely agree with you. I put down my number one movie, my best, the best film of 2018 was Avengers: Infinity War, followed closely by Black Panther, and then uh, running up from there would be a tie between Spider-Man: Into the Spider-Verse and Ready Player One. Very nice, very nice. So uh, I think it's unanimous. The Geeky Award for Best Movie of 2018 goes to. Avengers Infinity War. Excellent. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving along to the worst film. The worst film of 2018. Uh, I think um, I'll, I'll start this one with my thoughts because uh, I think Wonder Rob stole my thunder because when he was talking about best film and he was being facetious, <laughs> he said Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and I put that as my number one worst film followed up closely by Venom and then uh, rounding out the third cat, the third uh, spot with Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Oh, man. Oh, man. You see, I, you saw a lot more bad movies than I did this year. But You're right, I did. I want my money. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Like, I, I'm feeling Aquaman as probably the worst thing I saw this year, uh, followed up by Solo. A Star Wars story. Oh shit! Uh, so we're we're sort of at contention here. So let's let's go. Well, we'll come to we'll come to a decision here. Um, we both saw Aquaman. Uh, True. And we both saw Solo Star Wars story. But so, so let's uh, say of those two movies, let's decide from there which is the worst of those two. Now I think we unanimously agree that we particularly didn't like Solo. 
Yeah. I think now, so I'll, I'd be willing to concede Aquaman as a split decision, a hung jury, if you will. Well, you know what? It's us. <laughs> you know. Um, Very but, hung jury. Yes, that's right. Uh, three inches from the floor. <laughs> Freaking kickstand over here. Yuck, 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 yuck. So I think uh, I think we can agree at at least those two that I picked. Solo, a Star Wars story is probably, since we both didn't like it that much. I'll yeah, go ahead if and we're going to go on movies that we both saw, then definitely the worst movie of 2018 that we both saw is Solo, a Star Wars story. All right. Now, in that case, now I'm not willing, or excuse me, I am willing to consider your vote for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, even though I haven't seen it, because it's not just a movie that you disliked. This is a movie that, generally speaking, was disliked by critics and the general public. Um, so I guess it's sort of up in the air. So I'll give you the final say, buddy. Solo or Jurassic World? What wins worst picture of 2018? So, you know what? I think because I recently watched Solo, I tried to watch it rather, on Netflix. This it just came out on Netflix. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to give it a second shot. I'm going to try watching the first bit and see how I feel. And I couldn't do it, man. I could barely get through it. It was the most boring, the most stupid. I couldn't handle it. So what did I do? Turn that shit off and put on Black Panther. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So I would go ahead and, and just we'll just go out on a limb. We'll say uh, uh, we'll we'll put uh, Jurassic World to the side, and we're gonna say that the worst film of 2018 is Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh, an upset! Right. <laughs> Star Wars coming in as the worst movie, which is really too bad because we're big Star Wars fans. <laughs> it's not. It's not hidden. Now, we love Star Wars, but Solo just did not do it. It did not do it for us. Now, I wonder, Rob, take a second and introduce the best movie we didn't see while I grab my AC power adapter because I'm about to lose power on this uh, this laptop. Okay, so (laughs) while he's doing that, best movie we didn't see really... Well, I guess it would come down to two things. You know, the best movie I didn't see versus the best movie Shaft didn't see and just sort of just going back and forth until we decide, of course, what's going to be the best movie that neither of us saw. So that being said, you know, Shaft, I I pooped on it a lot. I pooped on it a lot, but I know Shaft liked Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Maybe I'll consider that in the best movie I didn't see. I can't be convinced that Bumblebee was the best movie I didn't see. Like, it's just, it's, I just can't get past the, the original, the original movies. But, you know, Pacific Rim Uprising, I know Schaff was really, really, really loving on that movie. I'm leaning... So I'm going to go based on Schaff's, Schaff's review alone. Pacific Rim Uprising was the best movie I didn't see this year. I'm back. Oh, did you catch what I said? No clue. All <laughs> right. Well, I, I, I sort of ho-hummed back and forth, but I'm going on your recommendations here. Best movie that I didn't see this year was Pacific Rim Uprising. Ooh, okay. Okay. All right. Pacific Rim, right? All right. So I put Once Upon a Deadpool. Oh, as the best movie you didn't see. The best movie we didn't see was Once Upon a Deadpool. All right. I think that can be a split award. (laughs) I don't think we need to come down to two. So let's say Once Upon a Deadpool and Ready Player One, best movies we didn't see. 
No, not Ready Player One. Uh, or excuse me, not Ready Player One. P- Pacific, Pacific Rim. Rim Uprising. Ready Player One <laughs> was what was on my screen right there. So <laughs> a dual, dual award, Pacific All Rim right. Uprising. And very good, very good. Yes, Deadpool, Once Upon a Deadpool. But that brings <laughs> us to worst movie we didn't see. <laughs> I think we're both going to agree on this, this one. Year. Well, worst movie I didn't see, I'm sort of thinking is Venom. Oh. I'm leaning towards the Venom. Is, the category is we didn't see. Uh, all right, that's fair. Even though we just did a split. Okay, all right, all right. Tell me what you think. What should the worst movie we didn't see be? The worst movie we didn't see is Rampage. Oh, you're right. I forgot about Rampage. <laughs> oh my God, I should have scrolled up on my notes. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, for those of you uh, who maybe you didn't listen to the previous episode or just forgot, I gave my thought about what the movie could possibly be about just based on the trailer. And even if it was that, I still don't think it would be the best movie of all time. It's definitely the worst movie of all time. <laughs> Sorry, my wife just walked in <laughs> and looked at me and then closed the door. So if I sounded like I was trailing off there, it was because I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hope I'm not getting you in trouble, Linda Rob. No, no, nobody gets me in trouble. All right, all right. So moving along, uh, moving along, moving along. Uh, the we decided the, the worst movie we didn't see was Rampage. The best video game. The best video game of 2018. What do you think, Wonder Rob? Red Dead Redemption 2. I had a tie. So I had Spider-Man PS4 and Red Dead Redemption 2. So the fact that you had Red Dead, we have to agree. Red Dead Redemption 2 gets the geeky. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right, sucker. Uh, how about best superhero solo film of the year? I put down Black Panther. Ooh, see, Black Panther. I like Black Panther. Do you count Ant-Man and the Wasp as a solo film? Probably not. Nope. Uh, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse, technically not either. So I think by default, I'm going to give it to Black Panther. Yay, Black Panther. Even though I'd already picked it and didn't think that one much through. But I like it. Black Panther wins best solo film of 2018. Best Netflix superhero series. I think this will, I think our listeners, yeah. I think our listeners are going to know this one just from our conversations. Daredevil season three is yes, the best. Daredevil season three as clearly unanimously, unanimously, excuse me, voted by us. Daredevil season three. Daredevil. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Best non-Netflix TV show. Oh, man. See, I like a lot of TV shows. But still, my current favorite TV show of 2018 and from before, I'm giving it to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> oh, you went rogue. You didn't even choose a geek show. <laughs> nope, I didn't. I just, in general, picked my favorite. Oh, my that's, favorite funny. that's funny. That's funny. I went rogue, Sega. <laughs> then I'm going to, this is going to be a split category. There'll be multiple winners on this one. All right. All right. Cause all right. I, uh, cause I wrote, it was a tie between the flash and timeless. So we're going to call it a three way tie because I have to say, look, Brooklyn nine, nine is fucking brilliant. I love that show. So I'm going to go ahead and say that it's a three way tie for the geeky award for uh, best non Netflix TV show. So <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Uh, most interesting geek news of 2018. This is a no brainer for me. This is a no brainer. This is very obviously Allison Mack from Smallville being arrested for a role in a sex cult. 
I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> You're going to say that. And you know what? I will, I will award that the most interesting gig news because it's the most out there, out of nowhere story <laughs> at all. Period. I think <laughs> in geek culture where you're just like, what? So I think the word interesting describes that story really well. So I'll, I will agree. Allison Mack, guess what? You just won the geeky for most interesting geek news. Enjoy we'll prison. Send, yeah. We'll send it to you in prison. <laughs> yeah, We'll send her a plaque or something or an email. We should, we should print it out and just send it to her. I'm sure you, there's a way to get her mail. <laughs> we should do that. We really should. Now here's a category that we didn't have or we had, but we took it away. And I just wanted to briefly, cause I wrote a note on it because there was a couple of things where it was a tie for me. Most okay. quotable movie moment. I know you don't have one prepared, but I had a couple and I really wanted to share them. So right. uh, the first one is from an actual movie. Uh, it's from Ready, Ready Player One, spoken by a sixer during the climax final battle at the castle. And one of the dudes shouts out as uh, the murderous doll is thrown at him. He says, it's fucking Chucky. And I just, oh yeah! I, I just thought that was the funniest, like quotable, like movie <laughs> moment. It's fucking Chucky. <laughs> I forgot about that. And then a, a, a movie moment, as far as quotable, but not actually occurring within the movie itself, would have to be when I saw um, uh, Avengers: Infinity War with Sweet Gingerfish, and <laughs> we're sitting there waiting for the movie to start. The movie goes to a black screen just to kind of indicate we're about to start. The previews are over. And some random dude sitting in the front yells out the top of his lungs in the most like fearful, you do not want to mess with this guy voice. He says, all right, everybody shut the fuck up. (laughs) And we're in the back row laughing our heads off and trying to keep it down back there because we do not want to get pummeled and destroyed by this guy. But he was so serious and it was such a perfect moment because he found the absolute quietest moment and he kept everything he said within that little segment. And just as soon as he finished his little, uh, shut the fuck up. It goes like it like kicked in. It was like perfect. And I just thought that was the, one of the most quotable movie moments for sure. That story still holds up. That still made me laugh. I want to be the guy during Avengers Endgame right before it starts to continue the tradition and yell it out from the back row. Oh man, you have to pick just the right time because <laughs> that's that's a real hit or miss thing to yell. <laughs> I, I might have to see it once and then see it again and do it the second time. You go. It's like that episode of Seinfeld where George keeps going to the same movie in different theaters to to yell the one line that gets people to laugh in the movie. Oh man, that's a deep cut from Seinfeld right there. That's a deep cut. Oh man. All right. Uh, looks like our next award on here. Uh, this is a very specific award for just our show. I can guarantee you that no other geek culture podcast has this award and maybe for good reason. (laughs) Best Marvel legends slash Funko pop purchase of the year. Uh, our, our uh, respective, uh, collecting addictions, I guess is the best way to put it. Oh Oh, yeah. He's doing it. He's playing with his toys right now. I was trying to be secretive about it. It's in the Infinity Gauntlet. You can't see it, but he's got the, the full-sized Infinity Gauntlet. That's Glowing right. Dark. Lights. I'm still jealous. I still can't find that. I mean, I know I could order it online, but in the sense that I can't find it IRL. Freaking love this thing, man. Okay, so for the best Marvel Legends purchase, without a doubt, 
it has to be for me the marvel legends infinity gauntlet from avengers infinity war it's so beautiful i love this thing it's it's gonna be the perfect addition for the the nerd nook the recording studio it's gonna be prominently placed uh it's fantastic i love it Yes, I'm jelly. I will get it eventually. Uh, for me, my respective uh, addiction is Funko Pops. Uh, you guys can't see it because this is an audio-only podcast, but the wall behind me in my office has shelves upon shelves of t- lots of Marvel Funkos. Um, I would say my favorite purchase was a gift, actually. I didn't actually purchase it myself, but it's a Hulk Busting out of the Hulkbuster Funko Pop, uh, as gifted to me by the Shah. And I'm not just sucking up. That's my favorite one because that, that was one that I had a hard time finding. I really wanted it, couldn't find it, and then I just forgot about it. And then when I saw it in our mini mystery or mega mystery unboxing for our Christmas episode, it all came rushing back, and I was very <laughs> pleased. <laughs> I was very pleased. So that one wins my favorite Funko of the year. Yeah, I know your body. <laughs> you do know my body. You know my body. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so that's uh, that's our geekies. But we have one final category, and this one is going to be decided by a very special event. Um, in the previous episodes, you may have been uh, a listener for. You might have seen us do a segment we call Superpower Showdown. Yes. In Superpower Showdown, we use a website, uh, and we'll provide the website in the episode description. But this is a Wikia page that is provides a it's like ten thousand various superpowers that are randomized, and every time you click the link, it produces a random power. And what we do is we use that to assign ourselves a superpower, and then we debate battle against each other to decide who would win in a fight based on the power set that we give each other. Yes. So that is correct. We are master debaters. That's right. That is so right. <laughs> <laughs> My hands are so raw from it. Uh, I'm just kidding. All right. So um, the, the, to decide best host, we couldn't just, you know, rely on our listeners to tell us this, although you guys are amazing. We love you. We had to decide this the proper way, the only way to do a showdown. And that would be of the superpower variety. So, I have the website up, and for those that just want to hear me spout it off, I'll tell you. It's http colon forward slash forward slash powerlisting.wikia.com forward slash wiki forward slash special colon random. So I'm going to click that right right now. All right. It's it's rough of the draw. I'm going to let you go over your power first. Okay. Since you pulled it up, let me and know. This is, a, this is a sudden death match. So uh, we do not have best of three, best of five. It is a one time only decision. Who is the better of the two? So my power that I was granted is oh, sacred ice manipulation. Okay. All right. All right. So I have the ability to manipulate divine ice. It's a variation of holy water manipulation. Okay. Um, it is not to be confused with pure ice manipulation. Um, capabilities. Here we go. The user can create, shape, and manipulate holy ice that's highly effective against the supernatural, such as demons and or angels. The effectiveness in question can range from trapping and or immobilizing to outright banishing or killing supernatural threats. Further, divine ice may have other properties and abilities, such as healing, resurrection, summoning angels and or spirits of the deceased from heaven, to the material plane. 
Now, one thing we always do as well is we try to provide some known users, maybe somebody that you can relate to that has the power. Now, I personally cannot relate to any of these characters because I don't recognize them, but from Forgotten Realms, uh, Ulutiu, uh, from Valkyrie Crusade, Aurora, and Icicle, and then from high school, uh, DXD uh, is Lavinia Rini. Oh, so, high school DXD. Ah, yeah. Yes, yeah. So it's, an, it's a very unique power, that's for sure. Definitely seems to be more, uh, more fit against supernatural threats. Now, uh, that all depends on what Wonder Rob got for his power set. That's so true. Rob, what'd you get? That's true. Well, here, let me load up the old website right now. Shall I open link? Boom, boom. All right. Well, let me tell you about my superpower. You think divine ice is something? Let me tell you about music magic. All right. <laughs> the power to perform magical feats by using music. It's a form of magic, a variation of art magic, music manipulation, and sound magic, also called musical magic. <laughs> uh, let me tell you about the capabilities. The, the user is capable of using music to perform magical feats, such as spellcasting. Uh, let's see. Limitations, magic negation, magic destruction may require musical instruments. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you think, um, let me give you, um, I don't recognize a lot of these people about who uh, used this power in the past, but but here we go. I'm going to just hit you with a couple of it. Uh, the Fairies of Music from Winx Club. You, know, you ever heard of them? Yeah, uh, Winx Club. Samurai Jack, which is a popular show. Uh, Scaramooch and the Scotsman uses this. Uh, of course, from the My Little Pony series, my bronies out there know about the dazzling slash sirens or the rain booms. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, from Beauty and the Beast, colon, Enchanted Christmas Forte knows all about this. Oh, this might this might help. I know my man Shop was a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Do you recall a character named Sweet? I sure do, from the Once More with Feeling uh, episode. There you go, there you go. And I know my boy is into manga lately. Uh, that's a story for another time. If we haven't already told it, I don't know if we did. Uh, the Mermaids from Mermaid Melody um, and a lot more. And gosh, Link from Legend of Zelda, uh, you know, with that ocarina of his. So essentially, as long Hold on, I'm just stepping away from the mic for a sec to grab a prop. As long as I got this bad boy, got my ovation right here. Where's the pick? I'm going to kill my man Shaw. <laughs> it's not tuned. That's really too bad. Man, if I had like a tuned guitar right now, I totally could have killed you. Oh, dang. So, so this is a... I don't think this is a tough one, Shaf. I mean, as long as I've got my guitar, <laughs> I can uh, perform magical feats and get you. It doesn't even say that I have to play actual music. No, yeah, I don't know about that, bro, because here's the thing. You, you describe a known user as sweet. And sweet, okay. sweet is a demon. And, uh -huh. and my power is highly effective against the supernatural, such as demons and or angels. Uh, which includes the ability to manipulate, shape, and create 
holy ice. Now from the holy ice, I can actually summon deceased entities of ice and or angels. So um, I can bind you with the ice. I can banish you with the ice. I feel, That's true. I feel like you wouldn't be able to get off any notes uh, if oh, I froze. Oh, I can get off. <laughs> Don't you worry <laughs> about that. Uh, let me let me say this. Yes, you you bring up a good about sweets uh, and the the super supernatural, but. Uh, that that's only one known user. I mean, Link from A Legend of Zelda, he's not a supernatural character, and he's got the the musical abilities. Um, as long as the ponies from My Little Pony, I would assume they're not uh, supernatural characters. So I don't know. I don't know if the supernatural argument stands outside of if you want to call just the use of magic in general supernatural. No, it's not. So I, I hate to say it, but now the way you're talking, you kind of have me, uh, you have me backed into a corner, bro. <laughs> and even if I didn't have my trusty guitar or my accordion, yes, I do have an accordion here, folks, or my kazoo or anything like that, you forget I got the gift, the greatest gift of all, my voice. <laughs> Stop now, it's time to record now. Uh, you want to rap? I just can't wait to record now. Exactly. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like I, I got the one up on this one. I I am gonna have to agree with you on this one. Oh he... I concede I concede this battle. I, I take my place among the dead and uh and award you award you with the title of best host best host don't worry it was only for 2018 <laughs> <laughs> we're in 2019 now so i'm gonna come back ready. with a vengeance this but i do later this year i do think we need to have like a plaque that goes back and forth between us i agree for, for best host uh but i will take it i will take the award of best host <laughs> but it's really luck of the draw but luckily I got that music magic. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. I got the magic in me. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Oh, man. Well, thank you, Wonder Rob, for, for sticking with us uh, through all of 2018 and, and just being amazing. We love you. Well, you know, I love you guys, too. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you to our fellow listeners for always tuning in and uh, and just keeping us going we appreciate all the the ratings and reviews just let us know what you think even if you want us to do something better or different the only way we're going to know it is if you let us know so check us out on social media make sure to comment interact with us we're very quick to respond and we love to interact with our fans so please do that um definitely our commercial had all the information on where to find us so please uh, uh check that out happened around the hour mark of the episode so you can check that out there and uh and for sure in the coming weeks we have more to come things about uh punisher uh as well as lego movie and all sorts of other stuff coming down the pike so please stay tuned you always know where to find us same geek time same geek channel have a good one, everybody. I love you. I love you, too.